hello. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And uh, my guest today is writer, comedian, Eliza Skinner. Eliza's appeared on At Midnight, The Pete Holmes Show, Chelsea Lately. She was a writer and correspondent on Totally Biased, Fashion Police with Joan Rivers, Adam Ruins Everything. And now she's a staff writer for The Late Late Show with James Corden. And uh, she even has her own her own podcast on the Nerdist Network called Angry Little Goats. Aristotle is her producer on that show. It's very exciting. We share Aristotle. I mean, could it get any better? And uh, yeah, the girl does a lot of stuff. And we go on a tangential journey. We talk about a million different things. We talk about being a boss bitch, dating apps, mushrooms, balancing work and romance, uh, the romantic comedy, The Holiday. We talk about her opening for Louis C.K. recently, which is very cool and exciting. Uh, we talk about female role models and just a whole a lot of stuff, as per the usual. Um, I would say for everything and anything else Eliza Skinner related, go to her website, elizaskinner.com. You can find her on Twitter at Eliza Skinner. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm sick. This is maybe the first podcast intro I've ever recorded sick, and it's kind of difficult. I don't want to cough or do any deep, uh, like, gulping swallows uh, during this, because I think that's so gross when you can hear people, like, ugh, anyway, swallow. But, um, yikes. So, I hope everybody had a great New Year. Did everybody have exciting, interesting New Year's Eves? Is everybody safe? I would love to have your emails. I'd love for anybody to send me an email about uh, what wacky shenanigans they got into on New Year's Eve. You can send those to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. I want to hear all about it, or just anything. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, thoughts, feelings, whatever, always send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com so I can read them on the air. But uh, I stayed in. I did not go out for New Year's Eve. I couldn't. I had places to go. I swear to God, I'm not a loser. Uh, not you know, not that you're a loser if you didn't have if you didn't have a party to go to. But uh, something about it, something was in the air. I was just feeling so kind of angry and wound up and furious the days leading up to New Year's Eve. And um, I wasn't sick at the time, but I just didn't have it in me to leave my apartment. I just couldn't do that thing where you have to chase the party and join the frenetic energy uh, of you know everybody else who's like, we must have fun. It's New Year's Eve. We must have fun. Like I just wanted to be quiet and by myself and have it be like this kind of like ritualistic calming centered focus thing where I just like stayed in the comfort of my own home but then as it was getting later I still dressed up I dressed up because I I didn't want to you know just look like some lazy piece of shit bum lounging in my apartment um so I dressed up just so I, I knew I could have the option to run out the front door and go to a party if I felt up to it at any point but uh and then I thought oh god I, I have these mushroom chocolates I bought should I do mushrooms tonight? I've been talking about doing them for a while, but I feel kind of angry and I don't feel like quite in the mood to do them. But I do want to do something special and ritualistic and intense to signify the ending of 2016 and moving into 2017 and just shake myself up and do something cathartic. So, you know, at 11.30 p.m., I went into my kitchen and I didn't know how much to take of this mushroom chocolate because I didn't really get like the info. The girl I bought them from, like, left town, didn't give me all the info. I trust her, but I wasn't sure if I was going to take, if if uh, if it was, like, synthetic psilocybin. Um, 
mixed into a chocolate or if it was like ground up actual mushrooms in a chocolate. I didn't really know how strong the chocolate was. She suggested I take a half or the whole thing because she says that from my stories about having done drugs in the past that maybe I have a high tolerance. Um, <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to cough during this intro. Um, so, but luckily... I thought, you know what, baby steps. Let's do so, like, an experiment to see how powerful this this mushroom chocolate is. Just one of them. Um, so I I cut it into a, into quarters, and I took a quarter of a mushroom chocolate. It's a very big chocolate. Um, and I and I waited for it to hit me. And then right as I put it into my mouth, though, I was like, "What the fuck have you done? What are you doing? No, you don't want to do this." And I, I was like gonna spit it out, but I thought no, it's probably in your system a little bit, and you don't don't spit out this weird brown wad of stuff in your mouth. That's disgusting. Like you've gone this far, you're doing it. Oh my god, fuck! I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to feel weird. Fuck it, I'm doing it. So I ingested the chocolate. I texted two of my closest friends, not my mom, because I didn't want to worry her. Um, but I did text her too, check in on me tomorrow, just to say hello, just you know. I texted two of my friends to tell them that I, I was going to be doing mushrooms and that they said they would check in and call on me like in the next hour and periodically to see how I was doing. I wrote a note for the police. Uh, I was very, that's the, that's the Jewish part of me coming out in full effect, the responsible Jew in Alexi. The note reads, I took mushroom chocolates at 11.30 p.m. New Year's Eve. In case anything goes wrong, they can be found in my kitchen I took a quarter of one of the mushroom chocolates in the Ziploc bag on the counter. Love, Alexi Wasser. Uh, today, um, uh, you know, post New Year's, my mom visited my my apartment and, and she saw the note on the wall and she's she's fine with the fact that I did drugs alone. She's just glad I'm safe. And uh, but she was like, "Yeah, next time, write down my number so somebody has my tel- my telephone number." And the whole thing about my experience with mushrooms was it was nothing like I thought it would be. So I relaxed. I, I calmed the fuck down because I realized, uh, you know. Post putting the the chocolate in my mouth, I was panicking and I was like, you can't panic. You can't go into like getting high panicked. You'll have a bad experience. So, and the weird thing was, okay, so I calmed down. I, I had grapefruit juice. I lit candles, but I put the candles in places. Like I only lit one candle and then later on during the progression of the evening when I realized I was safe and everything was going to be okay, I lit more candles, but I wanted to make sure they were in areas where nothing would fall on them and nothing would, would catch on fire. And I like hid my scissors and knives because I just had this weird fear that like I would like, ugh, like, mer- like hurt myself or something. I didn't know. I didn't know how gone I was going to get. And I just wanted to be as protective as possible. And, you know, one of the major things I noticed was I just, I had this idea of what being on mushrooms and what being on psychedelics would be like. I thought it was going to be like an Austin Powers movie where everything was like, whoa, like crazy, like, uh, you know, go-go dancers and weird, like, visuals and all this intense, like, paisley or something, just something, like I don't know, just everything wiggling and psychedelic colors. And the experience I had was nothing like that. I did see, I did have moments where I would see things out of the corner of my eye and the walls would breathe a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, when I could hear strangers' voices on the street, walking down the street, their voices sounded insane, like revved up. And I almost didn't want to listen because, and they sounded very scary. And they, I didn't want to listen because I thought, what if I accidentally think that they're saying, they're, they're talking shit about me? 
and uh, and that'll ruin my trip. But uh, essentially, but so about an hour in, I get a phone call from one of my best friends, and he was checking in on me to see if I was okay. And I said, "Hey, I think it's not working, and I should take another quarter, another another quarter of the chocolate." And he went, "Don't do that." And I was like, "Are you sure? Why?" He goes, "You're high." And I go, "How do you know?" He goes, "I know because you you ate." you ate mushrooms. And I was like, okay. He goes, just just like, listen to music, draw, write, breathe, and like, have a nice time. So he was very loving and calm. And I'm so glad that's the best advice I got uh, to not take any more because I didn't realize that yes, I was completely high. And it was, while it was nothing like what I thought it would be, it was so intense. It was, it was, I didn't realize how internal it would be. Like I went on these like hours would go by very quickly I didn't know where the hours would go and I would just have these like in I was weeping I would be I was weeping about and it wasn't even a it wasn't even bad weeping or crying I would have these a series of many deep epiphanies and realizations about people and the world and what it all means and about myself and about loneliness and love and what the point of life is and and had all these like little blips of of uh uh, revelations like, oh, nobody's scary. Nobody's dangerous. Everybody is, nobody's dangerous to me. I'm okay. And like a moment where I thought I was lonely. And then I realized I'm not lonely, but I do want love. And then I was like listening to the, I was listening to the Pet Sounds album, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds that somebody told me to listen to. And at first I was like, when I was sober, I was like, ugh, I'm not going to listen to that. It's too old-timey. I should be listening to something like Futuristic New or whatever. And uh, But then I put that on because I was just by myself and I thought, I need music on and I'm going to listen to music. And that album saved me and was so important to me. Every song on the on the Pets albums, Pet Sounds album sounded like it was speaking specifically to me. And I was like crying over ex-boyfriends and past loves and letting things go. And I was had this realization about my father and I wrote it down. I was writing things down in my journal. And this one thing I wrote down in my journal was my dad is dangerous and I got away. I'm lucky enough to have gotten away. So I'm not trying to run towards danger anymore. And I wept at the idea of snapping at my mom or being mean in any way, shape or form, even in the smallest way to my mother that made me weep. And I was like, I must be nice to my mother. Oh God. And, uh, yeah, and it just uh, it just sounds ridiculous to try to relay because it was just this very like personal, internal, cathartic uh, experience of like crying and laughing. And I took a bubble bath, and at one point I looked at my eyeballs, and I have this like black ring around the color in my eye. And while I was on mushrooms, I looked in the mirror, and the ring, the black ring around the color of my eye was gone and I was like no oh my god the mushrooms took away that special ring and I feel like that ring is like this magical thing I have in my eyes and not everybody has it but the ring came back the next day thank god um you know and I was very gentle with myself and I I like I don't know it was like this really weird thing where I was like it was like I was looking at the world from a different angle and it wasn't and my feelings about life and people and what it all means and the way in which I'm I think because I am very intense and emotional when I'm sober and the way I was when I was on mushrooms wasn't so different it was just even more intense and emotional 
And the bottom line was that like love is like the most important thing in the world and to be kind and gentle and, and, uh, and that we're all just going to die. And that me taking the drugs isn't such a scary thing because it just gives you a different point of view and makes this life experience a bit more interesting and nuanced. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I would get up and walk around my apartment. There's enough room in my apartment to just like have a little, take a little stroll within my apartment. And it was interesting how like gentle I was with myself. Like I, I was high and I, I like unplugged the, my hair dryer before I ran the bath and I, and I put it away and I wrapped up the cord very slowly because I thought I need to protect myself. I need to be very safe and gentle. And then I heard all these like big kablooey booms and banging and stuff outside because it's New Year's and things outside were kind of crazy. And I thought, wow, people need to be gentle. This, this is too much. It's so important to be gentle and not, and just because these sounds were so, so like, anyway, um, but then after the cathartic crying and the laughing and the thoughts and the epiphanies and, and, uh, I went to bed finally at like 5.45 in the morning. And, and the whole time I felt euphoric and nauseous at the same time. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I didn't like the, and I had to remember like, oh, you ingested a poison. You ingested a poison. And the breathing was really helpful. That would bring up like, that would really like bring up the effects of the mushrooms when I remembered to breathe very deeply. And, uh, and the next morning after I went to bed, I woke up and I, I walked to my living room and I thought I was terrified because I thought, what if I'm so gone? What if I was so gone on my mushroom trip? And I thought I was experiencing like reality, but what if I walk into my living room and it's just a bunch of dead bodies murdered or I wake up in a loony bin because I was just so out of it. And what I thought was real was not real at all. Anyway, that's my long expansive, uh, re rehashing of my mushroom experience. Do I need to do them again? No, not for a very long while, if ever, but it was interesting. If I were with friends, maybe I would take more than a quarter, but uh, I'm glad that I stayed in, had my own special cathartic experience by myself. Um, and I also cried for like youthful hope and romanticism and relationships gone by and how we come into this world and we think we, we're so excited about stuff and then things don't work out and then people kind of get like jaded or or defensive and then I just even really listening to that Pet Sounds album I was like no love and connection and human connection and blah blah are the most important things anyway I am rambling and I want to shut the fuck up now so you can listen to my interview but uh if you like the Love Alexi podcast let's be friends on all social media you can find me on Instagram Twitter Facebook all that at Alexi Wasser. Subscribe to this show, Love Alexi, on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, enjoy my conversation with comedian, writer, boss, Eliza Skinner. And Happy New Year! Now entering Nerdist.com Podcasting pro! Oh my god! You're so beautiful! Oh, thank you! Oh god, nice to meet you. I'm Alexi. Hi. 
I'm already like jealous of your overalls. Oh, thank you. Oh God, I'm looking for a good pair of fitted black overalls. They were uh, they're a few seasons ago at um, H and M Top Shop. Uh, Madewell. Oh, you fucking bitch. Get out. <laughs> I can't do this. Oh, my God. Um, well, thank you for being on the podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, so you record Angry Little Goats here? Mm-hmm. I can't. I this know. is the chair I sit in. That's it why is? I came and sat in this chair. I sit in this chair, and if I move to that chair sometimes, it completely throws me off. Does that happen for Will, you? No, Will always sits there, which is kind of weird because we don't sit across from each other. Is that weird that we don't sit across from each other? Maybe he's flets his way flirting with you. No, I heard he's tall and Canadian. Aristotle, right before you came in, he was he was, he was like, I didn't even know you had a podcast here called Angry Little Goats, uh-huh. and but that's how you made the connection and, and thought Eliza yeah. would be good for Love Alexi. Mm. You have the mic now. I completely, I, I, obje- I objectify him. I irritate him. We all do. Do you? Uh-huh. How gorgeous is Aristotle? He's the best. Your hair is all that you did. Your hair is all floppy today. You like mm-hmm. styled it for Eliza, <laughs> never for me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here. Sure, thank you for having me. Um, where do we even begin? Holy yeah. shit! Um, I was. Could you? <laughs> you got a mic now, man. Could you man. keep it down? Yeah, we're trying to become best friends here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, and you came here during the holidays, so it's like I, I feel like I was so embarrassed because I like went after you so hard. Like I like it's so embarrassing to ask somebody to be on their podcast. No, no, it was nice of you. Um, where are you in? Are you single? Yes, you are. Yes. When was your last relationship? Uh, it ended in July. In July? July? Yeah. We don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Uh, I mean, we could we could talk about. It. I don't want to talk about it in specifics. Okay. But me neither. Yeah, uh, I will say that I dated him for nine months, and it ended by him ghosting me. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a wacky twist. What was the final text from 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 oh, you? The, no, the final. Uh, well, the final one from me was. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, he uh, he. What was weird is he kept being like, "I really want to talk to you. We should we should meet up to talk." And so I'd be like, "Great. Uh, do you want to call me? Do you want to meet this time?" And he and we would like make plans, and then he would just be like, "Oh yeah, I can't." But I really want to talk. And I, finally, I was like, dude, it's been two weeks of this. Yeah. It's done. This is done now. Yeah. Um, and he was like, but I don't want it to be done this way. And I was like, you're well, doing it. You had two weeks to not do it this way. Yeah. You did it that way. What were the problems? Was he a comedian? No. And maybe that was the problem. <laughs> do, you, oh, well, do you date comedians? Uh, I don't date comedians. Um, but I, I, think that, I think a lot of people, once they're exposed to the comedy world, would like to be a part of it. Or at least be as funny as everybody. Oh no! And so they're sort of like, so it, it like a, like weird sort of tensions arise. Yeah. Especially, I think men have a, a um, feel like they have to be the funniest. That's like <sighs> part of their definition of masculinity. Like, what do you bring to the table for a relationship? Yeah. I can make her laugh. Oh no. Well, but what if that's what she does professionally? Yeah. Gulp. Oh no. Yeah. Who do you date then? What kind of men? Because you currently nobody. But I mean, like, what what is your normal type? Because I feel like I when I was like early when I was like eighteen, I tried to get into stand up comedy, and I was like, I'm, it was too terrifying. I drank too much. I slept with all the comedians that I thought were neat, thought, thinking they'd be nice to me because mm-hmm. they're so gross and mm-hmm. old and chubby and like. But then they're just even meaner. Yeah, I, I always thought, oh, it's it's safe to date these sacks of potatoes because what else? They're going to be so grateful. Totally. They're not. They're not. They're because the, they know the deal is like there's tons of people thinking like me, Ugh. like us, 
And so they can go find other people yeah. and do while they're still dating you. Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, this is making me sound so bitter. No, no, no. Uh, I have We're a young lot and of hot. Guy, guy friends who I think are great. Just the ones that I choose to date are questionable. Is that true? Yeah. But, do you, uh, but you're so, you seem like you're, I mean, I don't know. We're going to find out. Okay. I'm not, no. <laughs> but like, I bet you, like, do you feel like, uh, I feel like you seem like you're healthy. You've got, like, you wouldn't make bad choices for yourself. Oh, but I do. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I grew up with all of those, like, um, uh, all those, like, TV couples that were just, that fight all the time. Like, you know, you're Sam and Diane's. Oh, yeah. That's sexy. And, uh, yeah. And then, then I was like, that's the way it is. Find somebody who fights with you a bunch. Oh, yeah. And disagrees with you fundamentally about everything. And, you know, it's inevitable by the end of the season. That's the ticket you're to romance. Be in love. Yeah. Are your parents healthy? No. No? Also, no. oh, you, you got that from the get-go. In yeah. R- Richmond, Virginia. That's Richmond, where you're Virginia, born. Yes. All right. That's yeah. the extent of my uh, my research on you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My parents are still together. Oh, they are? Are they yes. happy or miserable? Well, I wouldn't say miserable, but they they, they bicker a lot. Yeah. They're they're fighty. Um, but, you know, they, they, they stuck around for each other. Huh. Yeah, all the research I was doing on you, I was uh, fascinated me and made me so happy that I was like, oh yes, we get to sit down and talk about all these things. Is because you know I'm fascinated by love and dating and relationships and uh-huh. trying to figure it all out and figure out like what the goal is and like is it to be, you know, is it to shun the idea of love and this weird uh, cultural thing that we're that we have crammed down our throat, or is it to be single forever and and uh, and then I was like watching you, t- you know, I was watching something today about, you know, you're talking about like the pros and cons of being single versus being in a relationship. And I just like, oh, yeah, yeah. completely agreed with you. And you're <laughs> another thing on James because uh, you and you write on James Corden. Yes. Yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, a little over a year, about a, little, a year and a half. Um, but you're, I watched your set there and it was so great. Just talking about a, I mean, I don't know how true it is to your actual life. Is it all? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting out of a relationship and, mm-hmm. and uh, talking about how having babies isn't necessarily for you and I was, yeah. like, I was like I get this girl I yeah. really um but uh yeah well I'm glad we did this <laughs> is that it okay no, bye it's, it's over um, but uh yeah but yeah. what is the fucking goal like, oh I don't know um I don't know I think the goal for me has changed um from- as I've grown up you know where you like realize that there can be other goals and you try things out and you're like oh that doesn't feel right to me like I was engaged and uh was you know planning to get married like not actively planning didn't do any of the wedding planning but like planning to marry this guy who was not a comedian um and just the the whole thing i I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of getting married and even when i was a kid i remember when i was a kid like walking up to my mom she was taking a bath at the time it was a weird moment for me to choose but i was like hey why did you get married and she was like because we loved each other and i was like yeah but why get married why'd you have to do that like what is that and she was like, uh, uh, you know, taxes. Oh, and really? I was like, okay. And uh, and I remember having a friend. Then when I was in my twenties, he got married, and I was like, Hey, um, can I ask you a question? Why are you getting married? Like, what's the difference? Why do you need to do that part? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I think it's just if you want kids. Like oh. is what I've come down to. Like you get married if you want to share a last name and have kids. And there are other people that like other reasons that you can imbue it with meaning and stuff and, you know, say to the world that you're going to be there for each other for whatever. But I, the, there's so much like ownership that goes into the history of it also that it just really doesn't make a lot of sense for me unless I could I if I was with somebody for a very long time 
and we were living together and something came up where we needed to get married, like for, so you have like next of kin rights or some sort of tax break or something, then I could see doing it. But it just went, I was surprised. I thought, you know, when I got engaged, like, oh, I'm going to get married just like everybody else. And that's, I'm going to be so into it, even though I've never really cared about it. Yeah. This is going to make me really, and I just, I didn't care and it didn't make sense to me. And I was surprised by how much it didn't make sense. How long were you guys together for? Uh, three years, two and a half. No, three years. Three years. And were you like madly, passionately in love with them? Like teenage style? I mean, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then you move in together and you, you know, like ugh. irritate each other with little things. So it becomes a different kind of love. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, how, how long ago was that? That was like five years ago. Um, I've been wondering. It's okay. So last week, somebody sent an email, this girl who's just getting married, and she was talking about how being in love is such a beautiful thing when you meet somebody and then they accept you fully as who you are. Like they see you and you see them and you can be your complete self and you've got your best friend and it's just – and then you two are, you know – make each other stronger so it's like you against the world or something and I was like oh god it reminded me because I get so jaded and I I think like I'm just gonna be alone forever and it's totally fine so it like reignited that romantic thing in me because I feel like I am such a romantic Mm -hmm. um and so I'm just so confused I also think I, I I'm into the idea of marriage because or sometimes I fall into it because if I were to be in a relationship and I know that uh, it's like my ego. It's like my ego gets involved. And that's the thing. It's like if you're with somebody and you know the possibility of being proposed to exist mm-hmm. in the world and then they don't do it, whether you want marriage or not, I, I'm such a monster. I think my ego would be like, he doesn't love me enough to ask me to marry him. Yeah. You, well, you know? I, I realized when it when it happened, I was going through it and like unpacking the feelings and being like, what is this I'm feeling? I'm like, like part of it did feel like, oh, I wanted to be picked as prettiest princess. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be the, the most loved and the most everything. And I got that and okay, wait, is that really what I want? Is that, do I, did I, you know, go after this for the wrong reasons? And I think a lot of people also, I think that women are, um, like we're not encouraged or taught to be aggressive, um, and ambitious in our careers in the same way that men are. And instead we are encouraged and maybe this is changing with the way people are raising kids now, but it, we're encouraged to be aggressive and ambition, uh, ambitious with our personal lives. Yeah. To get a date, make him your boyfriend, m- move in with him, get engaged, get married, get a baby. Yeah. Die? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And I, I felt like oh, that's not what I want to apply those feelings to. I want to apply feeling ambitious and wanting to get to the next level to my career. Yeah. Um, and I want to be a little bit more slow and thoughtful, perhaps too slow and thoughtful. Why do you say that? In my personal life. Uh, Cause I overthink things also. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, I don't like, there are other people who just like run up to people like, like, you know, kids on a playground. Like, do you like me? I like you. Yeah. Well, okay. Bye. But I'm like, what would it mean? Yeah. And why do I, what is this triggering me, in me that makes me feel like I'm attracted to this person? Yeah. Is it, sh- and instead of just being like, Hey. You know, yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse, though, because that brain that overthinks your dating stuff is what makes you so successful. And you're, you know, a comedy writer and you're doing your like that's you need to be like that. But then it's detrimental when it comes to like dating because it's like, oh, this is so painful. And you create all this suffering for yourself because it's like, it shouldn't just be easy and flow and can't just relax. Because I know when I go on dates, my brain is just going 
so intensely. Yeah. And it just like, makes me go, this, this is fucking exhausting. I'd rather just be alone. Yeah. I'm getting so good at being alone. It's almost terrifying. Yeah. See, I, I, I am not like I was really good at being alone before I got into that last relationship. And since then, I, I've just uh, not been. And I think probably I'm going to this is maybe a cop out, but I'm going to blame a lot of it on the election. Oh, re- oh yeah. Because it doesn't make you feel sexual, right? Yeah. Tell no. me, you go into that. I don't want to cut you well, off. Well, that just it, that it has like deadened the, the sexual part of me. And it also feels like uh, this man reminds me of all men, all men that I hate, yes! all, all the men that who have been overly aggressive and uh crossed boundaries and ignored my needs um in any kind of part of my life um and it makes me so angry like i right after the election i was doing a stand-up show my stand-up show that I, i was hosting and um for the first time i had to cut my set short after just like it was supposed to be like a 10 minute set. And I think I cut it to like three or five minutes because I realized I hated the men in the audience Yeah, and they were strangers and I hated them because they were like men. Well, yes, <laughs> With a pulse? but they were, but also they were laughing. Like there was a couple of them that there was not a big crowd. And so they were doing that, like, um, uh, like g- laughing as a favor sort of thing, like Yikes. almost patronizing. Yeah. But they're th- on. They're they're trying to help me out, and so like I know that, and I'm like, oh my god, my reaction to this is not okay. I don't like how much I'm hating them. I don't like this feeling. Um, gotta work on that. Yeah. Let's not have that happen. But it's not a great place. Not a great uh, place to come into a relationship from. <laughs> yeah. I, have you been dating at all lately? No. 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 Because where do I meet people? Are you on apps? Yes, but are God. you on Raya? Are you on Raya? Yeah, but oh my God, me too. I know. I go, I'm it's... hidden. I go off and on and delete it from my phone because I'm like, this is repulsive. <sighs> but then I'm like, who's out there? Well, like, who could possibly be into that many DJs who love vintage motorcycles? Yes. <laughs> I like. I'm. I'm now like vintage motorcycle. Done. Yeah. Gone. Bye. Kooky unnecessary hat. No thanks. Like yeah. I'm not for Surfing, it. Surfing. No thanks. Yeah. I don't like going fun. outside. Are no, you not for me. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, I want I want someone who has pictures of them going to the movies, yeah, the struggling with a coffee maker, um, <laughs> and maybe like uh, like like frowning skeptically at a book. Like yeah, I don't know if I buy this. Uh, those are the photos I want. I don't want. Sorry, not my dog. It's oh, my friends. Oh god, not my baby either. Oh, man. <laughs> it's my sisters. I know. Really into gosh, what vintage denim, vintage motorcycles. Um, I don't know. I smoke these French cigarettes, um, but only like one, oh. one a week at most. Oh you know, because of all the surfing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> how, how'd you get on Raya? Hey, come on! Of course, I know you're a badass. Hello, I'm not saying that. I'm not insulting you. Don't assume the worst for me. I only how did want... you get in this VIP exactly. section? <laughs> Do not assume anything I say is meaning the meanest, worst thing. I promise. I don't know. How does anybody I, get on it? No, but I mean, like, how did you stumble upon it? Uh, how, what, what? I had a friend who called me about it like a year and a half ago. Literally, this sounds like a commercial. Like this, like if anybody who develops apps hears this, they will jizz themselves. Okay. I had a friend who called me and was like, I got to tell you about this app. <laughs> you have to download it. It's so great. It's like it's for creatives. Oh, you know, God. it's for people in the industry. <laughs> And also, I had been at the time. I, I think he had seen that I was. Uh, I was. I tried doing Tinder, and somebody, uh, two different people, screenshotted. I me. think you're too famous for being good for Tinder. So just, I'm on Thank your you. side. I was never not on your side. But go two, on. Two people screenshotted me and put it on Twitter. Oh my god! Like, Look who I saw, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not famous. You can't do that. That's not. I'm. But I haven't signed up for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not like. Uh, whatever. So I, um, I, I was like, well, I can't do that anymore. 
And so yeah, that's a cesspool, by the way. There's too many people. At least it's curated, a little bit curated. Yeah. On I, Raya. I tried doing Bumble. I tried um You're better than okay Bumble. Cupid. Nothing. There was there were a couple of people who like asked me out and or like came close to it and I would be like, ah, not ready for this. Sorry, bye. Never How come? Mind. Why? I don't know. Cause I, I think like, as, as I was saying, like, I'm just angry, you yeah. know, and I don't want to be, fr- I, don't, I don't want free floating anger Yeah. because of this fucking election Yeah. <laughs> to infect that. Um, oh, so I feel like I need to get that more under control or something, um, or just fucking jump in the cold water and deal with it. Um, I would. I was looking at Raya the other day because I I will delete it from my phone, re-download it when I get lonely and it's like four in the morning. It's been the holidays, mm-hmm. and then I do this fucked up thing where I'll I'll go. I I, I just want to see who's single, and I I've decided that everybody on Raya those are all the single people only, <laughs> and I'm like I guess this is it. Uh, well, sad thing <laughs> is I think a lot of them aren't single. I match with some guy. Yeah, he's married. I like Googled him. I was like, I'm just going to Google him. You know, I, I, I should let him be mysterious. But I'm going to Google him. We've come this far. Married, like eight kids. Another guy I Googled. We start talking. He seems like kind of this dorky guy and wherever he lives or whatever. Uh, like charges for domestic violence where Yikes. he like, he like hit his wife and then, but smart I read this. to Google. Would you say shout out to Google? Yeah, I said smart, smart of you to Google. Smart to Google. Cause I, I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, you don't, I don't want to Google. Cause I just think like you just, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't love it when, it, when somebody Googles me and finds out things. It's not me. It doesn't represent me anymore. Oh God. Don't even, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like, so I read well, this. I would article. say like, don't listen to podcasts. Don't, don't, uh, watch videos. Don't like any of that stuff that you find. Like if you Google somebody. Yeah. Like you don't want to deep dive, but if it's uh. like, Hey, <laughs> domestic violence charges. Yeah. Well, that so I feels read, worth it. It's worth it. So I read this article and it's like, oh yeah. And they, they, uh, dropped the charges. But in the fine print, it was like he he slapped her. She, she fell to the ground. He kicked her oh, wow. when she was down. And I was like, I mean, I was not into any of it, but I was like, oh, my God. I mean, what a anyway. But bullet uh, dodged. Bullet motherfucking dodged. But uh, here. Okay, so since you put your but you do put yourself out there. So you, you're a performer. There are all these videos of you on the Internet. Do you ever feel like if you date a guy and you want to be seen and you want him to understand you, do you like ride the line where you're like, Oh, I don't want him to like know everything about me by looking at all the videos and listening to all the podcasts. But aren't you a little bit offended when he doesn't or if he says, does a guy ever say, oh, I'm not going to listen to that or that's your thing? Because then it's like he's not really getting to know like all sides of you. Like, how do you want to be taken in when you're dating somebody? And like, don't you want to be seen on all these different levels? Because I would be offended. Maybe I'm a monster. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. Uh just watched Postcards from the Edge this morning. I listened to the book twice the last two days. Oh, I love the uh, the seeing all sides of you. Do you. There's a line in the movie where she's like, I'm not a box. I don't have sides. This is me. Oh, yeah. You're so right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, ah. And I really wanted to be like, I'm not a box. But I was like, that's too aggressive. You don't know her well enough. No, She'll think you're, you're mean. <laughs> no, listen. Yeah. And I only, this is like a love letter to you. I'm just like, uh, uh, I'm in love with you and I want to be best friends. I mean, oh, I, I don't stop. think I'm Oh, come um, on. It's true. Um, um, but, but no, that's a great point. Um, Carrie Fisher's point, not mine. Oh, God, I know. Oh, I love her so uh, much. She's the best. Um, and you work for Joan Rivers. We got to talk about that in a minute. Okay, I did. Go that on. was I love fraud. Um, but yeah, so what were we saying? Oh, like see all the seen. sides. Well, I got to say, yeah. So I've, you know, each time you come up or I come off of a relationship, I'm like, well, not that way again. Well, not that way again, <sighs> yeah. you know? And so, so yeah, when a guy has, when guys have been like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to all that. 
I, I am a little bit offended, but mostly relieved because yeah. then I'm like, oh, I get to do whatever. Yeah. Um, like I don't have to stifle yourself. Yeah. But then I don't want to be with someone who would make me feel like I'm stifling myself. If I did that. I did have a guy contact me. Um, and, uh, he was just like, like on, on one of the apps and we we're like chatting, yeah. like whatever. And then like he disappeared like they do, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, um, Jesus. and then he came back and like a few weeks later and when he came back, he was like, Hey, I just watched your stand up set. That was really funny. And started talking to me again. Um, I like that for you. I want that for me you. Too. That's, that's great. I was like, well, that's great. Cause Respectful. especially because my stand up, I do, uh, you know, you could, you could make a set of my jokes that are not favorable about dudes and dating dudes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's not usually, I usually don't line them all up that way, but, uh, but yeah, I've got some jokes dogging on, on fellas. Yeah. And I don't want to date somebody and then have them see me do stand up and be like, what the fuck? I'm bored. I got to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So to have somebody see that and be like, oh, I get it. Those are jokes. It's funny. I like you. Yeah. And then still want to talk to me. That's, that seems ideal. Yeah, and has some kind of. But don't you feel like he has to be in the same world, like a creative person? Because I yes, yeah. Because I, I used to have this blog called "I'm Boy Crazy," and people, and that even that phrase, it still haunts me because I don't do it anymore. I'm I'm more completely about this podcast, and for me, even that phrase meant like it was just a funny way to write coming of age stories and silly Mm -hmm. things, and that was my way of doing comedy. And it was just a way to say like even the most intelligent together logical women when it comes to love can be made to feel crazy mm-hmm. and you know just you know because that's whatever that happens but then i get so judged by that like even now men, mm-hmm. men will be like oh you're well you, you you market yourself your persona is boy crazy so you must fuck everybody and you're a slut and you're this that, that's like the vibe you know you're, you're boy crazy like that tells you more about that person that's than ex- about you exactly true and so i just feel so like ju- like i feel like people get an, a it's also dangerous when people get a little bit of an idea of what you do, but they don't really listen or read it or pay attention. Or maybe somebody would hear one of your jokes and go like, oh, like, oh, this is my point. I meet people who get afraid to date me because they're afraid I will write about them or talk about them on oh, the yeah. podcast. So do you run into that? Yeah. And how do you deal with that? Is that a lot or um, just the wrong guy for you then? Well, no, because I think I think for me, and again, th- everything feels like a reaction, but I think for me, ah. the right thing is a guy who's like a little concerned about it, but willing to like talk about it. Yeah. Because I've also dated guys who were like, yeah, awesome. Talk oh, about no. me on stage. And then in hindsight, been like, oh, you're just like, you just, you're kind of a narcissist. You yeah. just want me, you want my F comedy to be about you. Yeah. Um, which that's too far also. Uh, so I, I think, I think a, a, a nice medium would be good if someone's like don't say mean things but i i also i don't say any i've never made fun of a person or used a real name well yeah yeah. of course but i've never like like i have a joke about dating a younger guy and it's and i don't i don't make fun of him specifically it's just the idea yes yeah Uh, yeah and uh and and same sort of thing like with all with all i I have material about my engagement and like i'd never made fun of him because i don't i don't leave with those feelings and if I do, if I ever do break up with someone, I'm like, I'm not crazy about you. You yeah. don't seem like a great person. I don't want to make my thing about them. I want it. I want my comedy to be about me and the stuff that I like. Yeah. Not that stuff. Was that me? Oh. It's like if people call her, she's in demand. She's podcasting. She's getting phone calls. Oh, geez, is this is too good of a joke. No, take it, take it on air. This no, is great. I can't. I don't know where my phone even is. Oh, my God. Doesn't oh. even know where her phone is. 
Living on the edge with Eliza Skinner. It okay. Was, it, it was my dad. <laughs> it was your dad? <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me I say hi. Um, so take, okay. Oh, and the, is that him again? Oh, oh my God. Dad, relax. It is the holidays, though. He's a... <laughs> uh, now he's trying to FaceTime me. Oh, oh, pick it up. This is hilarious. <laughs> no, I can't. We should get him on the podcast. No, wait, I can ask him about you. FaceTime styles. No, I can't. Actually... Is he okay? Yeah. Well, now I'm worried because he called twice. Oh yeah. Well, do you mind if I? Take oh my god. Of really, course not. Really quickly. We'll okay. we'll be back okay. with Eliza Skinner <laughs> after this FaceTime with Dad. <laughs> um. Oh God. Where do we leave off? Who knows? Uh, Are we recording? Okay. Okay. We couldn't get through. Couldn't get through to your dad. Yeah. I'm hoping he's fine. Yeah. If he calls again. Okay. We're taking it on air. <laughs> um. Wait. This has nothing to do with anything. Total aside. I'm, uh, do you watch Real Housewives? Do you watch any of those bullshit shows? You can't, you're better than that. Yeah. You're too smart to do that to yourself. Well, I watch other garbage. Like but, what? Bachelor? Uh, no, 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 no reality garbage. The only reality show I watch is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, God. I'm not even into that. Oh, it's great. Oh, my God. Oh, it's really good. And okay. they've got like, I don't know, seven seasons or something all on uh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah, so you can. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, go man. have fun. Okay, so tell me how you go from Richmond, Virginia mm-hmm. to here. Okay. And how did you even know you wanted to be? I want I want to know, like, a, you know, the I, trajectory of your, your career, your life, your feelings. How did you know you're funny in school and you're like, I got to get out of here, Richmond, Virginia. I'm coming to L.A. UCB, working for Joan Rivers, Fashion Police, James Corden, all the stuff. Oh, it. wow. Okay. I'm just going to sit back. I grew up doing um, musical theater. Yeah. Oh, so you that, sing. Yeah. All so right. that was always my thing. And then when I got to college, I had a friend. Um, I was like a weird kid. I, I loved comedy. I loved comic strips, oh. especially like comic books and comic strips, like Sunday Funnies. The, my big comedy influences are like Garfield. Oh, and really? Burke Breathed and yeah, all that's Calvin and Hobbes, that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, the Far Side. Very oh my much God. The Far Side. Yeah. Um, so, so, but, but I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't know that people could be comedians really. I didn't know that was like a for real job. Um, I'd never seen it in real life. I'd, I'd seen it on TV and stuff, but, and I used to watch every comedy show I could find. Um, like what? Like, uh, I don't, whatever they would have on, and um, I didn't have cable. So when I would babysit, I would go and just as soon as the kids were in bed, just watched whatever comedy I could find on cable, whatever stand up. I remember seeing Laura Keitlinger. Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing her. She's special. Where is she? I want more of her. I know. Right. I don't know where she's. I have to get her on here. Because you should. I, because I feel like she's just so. Anyway. Yeah. It needs to be more should. of her. Yeah. I did a show with her on election night. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Where? At the improv lab. It was that was a weird show. Yikes. Everyone was falling apart. Jesus fucking um, Christ! Yeah, except for me and <laughs> Laura. Oh, really? And they had the show at a certain point. It just became the two of us on stage. Anyway, um, so you're watching Laura Keilinger. Yeah. So like, you know, and 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 SNL and all that stuff. But I didn't really know that was a thing. So I went to college, and when I was in college, they had an improv group there. And one of my roommates, I lived in a house with six guys, and. One of them decided that he wanted to audition and he made us all go and like 200 people auditioned for this improv group. It's like the big thing on this campus. What school? Uh, James Madison. Okay. And out of 200 people, they cast me and him. And uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'm good at this. So then after college, I moved to New York. And when I was in New York, I was like, you know, it was really expensive. I was working in a hotel. Which hotel? Um, Royalton. Oh my God. I was actually thinking that I used to, cause I used to watch, I was into fashion file when okay. I was in the mid nineties and, and everybody would always stay at the Royalton hotel. 
And then the Algonquin is across the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the, there's another one that was like a cheap, the Iroquois. Mm-hmm. And I used to say at the Iroquois with my father because we couldn't afford the Algonquin or mm-hmm. the Royalton. Mm-hmm. But keep going. Yeah, same block, 44th yeah, Street. Very cool. There's a diner um, there. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Red Flame or Red Rose or something. I can't fucking believe you're saying this. I would go there with my father. I was like, yeah, was, okay, yeah. yeah, all the time. Um, yeah, so I worked there. Fancy. I was a reservationist and um, I had started off when I moved to New York. I was an agent's assistant and um, then I very quickly realized that was a horrible, horrible job um, and I stopped I'm, doing that. What agency? I'm just going to keep interrupting and then going back. It, it, what agency? You don't tell me. It doesn't exist right. anymore. Okay, cool. It was like a little tiny um, boutique agency. Okay. So, so then, so I, so I was just working in a hotel because I had to get a job that actually paid the rent while I was doing that. Um, and uh, I was like, well, it's New York is way too expensive to live here just to work in a hotel. I could do that anywhere. What can I do here that I couldn't do any everywhere? And I remembered that I liked improv in college. So I looked up improv in town and I found a, a place that was giving classes. I found two. I found the Upright Citizens Brigade and this other place. Um and the Upright Citizens Brigade classes were $25 more. So I was like, forget it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to the other place and it, they, I took one class there and then they put me on the touring company. And so I started touring, again, like fell very easily into improv. Which one was um, that? It was a company called Chicago City Limits. Great people worked there. It was like Sean, like, um, uh, Paul Shear and um, Eugene Cordero and like not all at the same time. Um, Andy Daly, um, all, all kinds of really great people. Um, they're all saving that $25. Yeah. They're all like, <laughs> well, they all ended up, we all ended up working at the UCB also. Yeah. Uh, we're all like, this is dumb. We're doing improvised Jeopardy and, uh, all these like old timey short form games, but I did a lot of musical improv there. I'm telling the longer version. No, anyway, I like this. No, I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm sorry. But okay. was any part of it like uh, daunting to go to UCB? Did that place have a better reputation because you thought maybe that's daunting or is it like an insecurity thing at all and it was safer to go to the, like the lesser known thing or is that just me projecting? No, because no, it, it wasn't that much well known okay. back then. Um, Got it. Or, or that much more than the other place. They were kind of like both like comedy nerds had opinions on them, but that was about it. It yeah. wasn't like now where they're in, you know, Hollywood reporter. Um, so you're living your life. You're living my life. Place. Go down. I, people saw me doing musical improv there. And so then and put me in a show at the UCB. So before I took classes, I was in oh, a show there. Jesus. So then when I started taking classes there, boy, did people in the classes have a reason to not really like me that Really? Much. Is it like that? Is, is nobody just loving and accepting ever? No, I mean... It's just so competitive. I, this there were some people who were, but a lot of it was like... Fuck you. Who oh, the fuck do you think you yeah, are? Yeah. Well, hmm. You're already in the, on the fucking stage, huh? Oh. Um, so I worked... I did a bunch of different shows there. Um, finally made my way through the classes. I ran the school there for a while as oh, the school wow. manager. Um, and then when I moved out here, then I, I got to a point where there just wasn't... There's no work there, you know? I mean, you don't get paid at the UCB, so that, like, there's just no work in at, in New York. Um so I decided to move to L.A. And I had been visiting here and I really liked it here anyway. So I moved out here. And because I had been working at the UCB and I had I developed the musical improv program at the UCB myself. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I was the only one who taught those classes. So oh. when I came out here, I was like, hey, so we can have these classes here now. And everybody was like, yay. And so I taught classes here. So I came here with a job, which was really nice. Um, That's a paid job? Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. With teaching. money. Yeah. Um, and like I can't I can't teach too much. Or you couldn't teach too much because I end up just being a teacher. Yeah, well, no, just getting really burnt out and not being a very good teacher. Um, and I'll forget 
what I'll mix up expectations for classes. Like I'll be like, you guys should be better at this by now. And they're like, this is only our second week. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, fuck. That was the other class. Shit. Okay. Ah. Um, <laughs> oh man. But so I did that. And when I, I'd always wanted to do stand up. what, like I'd started it back when I first started improv in New York. Um, but I really hated the scene. I didn't like, Why? it just felt like people were, really mean to each other and really judgy. Um, and it just, it just seemed dark <laughs> in a way that I didn't like. Um, and then I tried it again, a f- like a year before I left New York. Um, and at that point I had been doing musical improv for so long and doing all of the big comedy shows there and was very well known within the New York comedy scene for doing that. When I would contact the same shows and be like, hey, I want to do stand up on your show now, they'd be like, Ugh. oh, because you weren't doing music. Yeah, yeah they'd so- be like, you can come sing a song, but you oh. don't know how to do stand up. And I'd be like, yes, I did. I did some open mics. And they'd be like, no, you don't. And in hindsight, like they were totally right. They were. I didn't know. Um, but it, but I also didn't know how to figure it out. Um so then when I came out here, I was so like, I'm starting from the bottom. I'm scrappy. Oh. I uh, I could figure it out more here. Also, when I came here, they were like, the city was like, hey, what do you do? And I was like, uh, stand up. And they were like, okay, great. Do our stand up shows. And I was like, oh, good. Oh, when was that? When did you move here? Uh, 2011. 2011. Well, the end of 2010. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I moved out here. Still had the fiance back in New York. What was his deal? He was an improv guy too, or well, he had taken classes, but he was a he was a graphic designer, and he was running his parents' company there. So he's some so. unfunny loser graphic. No, I'm just kidding. He's funny. He's funny. I'm just kidding. I'm fucking nice guy. Yeah, yeah. He's um, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it probably did not. Probably was not a good move for the relationship for me to move across the country, or the best move for the entire world. I yeah, think. I mean, it worked out for both of us. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're both in places where we have more of what we want than yeah. when we were together. But anyway. So you come here. So I come here. I start doing stand-up more here. Um, I had like about a year of doing both stand-up and musical improv. Oh, I started a group here at the UCB out here that kept, we got a weekend spot. Um, and then more people moved from New York. And so the, the group got bigger. Um, and after about a year of working here, you know what? Also, before I left New York, I was working on at a terrible little uh, company on Wall Street. You had a company on Wall Street? I didn't have a company. I was an office manager for this company that had an office on Wall Street. They weren't like a Wall Street, but they like needed to have... It was like right next door. They were like such... So shady. They needed to have a, a Wall Street address, you know? So yeah. it was like me in a tiny windowless room <laughs> and all of these consultants who were working at, at different companies all over the world doing bad things i'm yeah. fairly certain sounds sexy i'd probably fall in love with one of those guys well i never saw them oh. they were just where all, were they just yeah they were like in <laughs> chicago and then they would be in you know atlanta and i'm just booking tickets you're and, the face of this bogus yeah company well but not hardly even the face because as i said windowless room <laughs> no one comes in there it's just me in this room um but uh while i was there i was like this is so boring and i found twitter twitter was new oh yeah. and so i started tweeting and then when I moved out here, you know, doing improv, doing stand-up, tweeting a lot. And there are people – I kind of had had a reputation of, of being uh, – my my funny was often clouded by my music. So people were like, she's the music girl, not she's the funny girl. But with Twitter, it's just words. It's just jokes. And so people started seeing that I could write jokes. Yeah. Um, so I got recommended for a job at Fashion Police. 
just because of Twitter? I don't think just because of Twitter, because the the girl who recommended me was already she had been writing there. Who is that? Uh, Jackie Not, Clark. Jackie Clark. Wait, didn't Nadia Ginsburg? What's her name? Nadia worked for that for Fashion Police. Another comedian. Do you Gosh, know her? a lot of people have. Um, Aren't you guys I, all in a room together at ever ever? Well, no. So, Fashion oh. Police w- was a. It was a sh- another sort of shady situation. They would have about 12 writers at a time. Um, there was a real revolving door. Um, nobody was, you know, we were paid per episode. We were paid $400 per episode. Oh, wow. We ended up all going on strike. Uh, Technically, we're still on strike. Oh, my God. It was never resolved. Um, but the, the, fuck? the women especially, uh, there felt like, it felt like there was a real... Um, being revolving door. Oh, Nadia Ginsburg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. She was there when I f- first started. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I blanked on that. No. Um, when I first started, she was there and then she left. Uh, Darian Clark was there also and then she left and eventually I was the only woman who worked there and I felt really like weird about it <laughs> because because uh, it was Joan Rivers, you know, and she would be the one being like, that one's out, that one's out. No more of that one. Oh, she wasn't nice? I mean, no, I don't. But I don't think that it... I mean, does anybody expect Joan Rivers to be nice? I mean, listen, you're talking <laughs> the most naive. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, show me. I mean, I was she born was in Hollywood. Mean. I just love her so much. So, yeah. like She no. wasn't mean, but she was Joan Rivers. She oh. was like, what you see. Yeah, you're right. That's you know? true. I don't so, know what I'm trying to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, behind all of that, there isn't... Uh, uh, yeah, it's just more of that. Yeah. Um, but she... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of felt like... She was, um, she was kind of hard on the women because we were more of a reflection of her than all oh. the dudes. Because oh. there would be dudes in there who would like never get jokes on, and they would just kind of stick around. Yeah. Um, and the the women, even if they were getting jokes on, sometimes were gone. And I, I I was always like, is it because you know it's not we're not the right type of woman for her, or like you don't you know you're not putting enough care into dressing? Basically, I just went like nuts about like okay i gotta get up really early and write all these jokes because we didn't have a whole lot of time to write we only had like 24 hours usually to write like 200 jokes and so i'd have to like wake up really early write all the jokes and also like do my hair do my makeup pick out an interesting an interesting but fashionable outfit you know don't look too dowdy don't look too sexy don't look whatever and i would go in and pitch my jokes and that that was one relief when i would get a laugh and the other relief would be when joan picked something out and be like i like your brooch and i'd be like all right i'm I'm here for another week oh man okay for one more week um but uh but yeah it was you know and she was very funny um and it was i was proud that she picked me and liked me um so that was the, the you know I, I i will never um not be proud of that uh but yeah the the pay for ease number 2 show after the kardashians was $400 a week oh my god um were the men making more money Probably. There were like no, not not really. Four hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah, right. Um there was like a couple of men that she had known longer who like they had their own different sort of relationship with her. Yeah. But um but yeah, they, they she she was she was very joke hungry. She wanted as many jokes as possible to do choose you, from. Do you did she write any of her own jokes? Not really. Yeah. I mean probably and uh, I don't I don't yeah. know. But like we were most of the stuff that when you watch the show and it seems like she's just coming off coming up with something off the top of her head or at the time yeah um those were all written oh my goodness do you, do you think her attitude because i remember hearing her talk on howard stern about lena dunham mm-hmm. and it was just this intense like you know, not wanting to see lena dunham naked being so shocked with all this stuff and i was like that was so disappointing 
I know she's older and I, she's not here anymore, but you know, uh, but do you think it's just like internalized, like Mm -hmm. misogyny, the patriarchy Mm -hmm. so deep in a woman that it's like, yeah. 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 And also it became what her job was, you know? So part of that was her reinforcing her brand of what I do is, uh, police, what people look like. Oh yeah. That whole job. And it's like completely unconscious. Like there's no consciousness or... You worked on Chelsea also? No, I I was I You're on Chelsea. I did an episode of Chelsea on the I panel. Wouldn't. Yeah. That's interesting because it's been interesting to see Yeah, what are your thoughts on like I mean, it's been interesting to see Chelsea's prog- progression of like being on that show, you need a break, you're really successful, but then if you really tune into like what you're doing, you're talking shit about human be- other human beings, you're judging them on a, a on fashion police and it's like uh, what did that ever bother you internally? Oh, yeah. I mean, you need a job I and mean, it's I got great. You need a break. Point. So I I got to a point after after Fashion Police. I ended up working at um, Totally Biased, which was a, to, a a very progressive talk show on FXX. That's great. Um, and then after that, I came back here and worked on um, uh, Funny or Die. And I and one of the guys that worked with me at Funny or Die had also worked on Fashion Police. My friend Brian Cook. He's very funny, very dark. Um, and I remember walking up to him one day at Funny or Die and being like, I I can't write e-jokes anymore ever again i can't i cannot write anything about any reality stars i cannot write anything about celebrity gossip i just i have run out of that in me i just fundamentally cannot do it and luckily i haven't really had to i i had like a couple of jobs offered to me where they're like this is what it is and like i nope i can't do that anymore yeah and it's not even me being like it's bad for the world it's just like i know yeah that the, the my my brain is like system error can't think yeah because I, I just got too burned out from it um but i do think it's bad for the world yeah <laughs> um but yeah like like on cordon we don't really do that type of monologue um like every now and then that stuff comes up but because we have celebrities on the show you can't trash celebrities yeah because why would they ever want to come on your show? And you ne- and and they're very savvy about hoping for the biggest stars all the time. So oh, they are. Yeah, they're like you know we we want everybody. So w- there's nobody that we're like don't they'll never come on our show or we won't ever want them on our show. Well, it seems like that's kind of a kind show. Like I, I know yeah. Reggie and he seems like the, the biggest sweetheart and just like everybody seems so like I don't know. It just seems like a more loving, kind environment. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't. Whatever. What's yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they. They want it to be an upbeat, not like, I, I want to say happy, but not happy in like the stupid sort of mindless kind of happy. Like yeah. They want it to be thoughtful, but, but yeah, thoughtful, just, yeah. just a, 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 a positive sort of environment. So you, you take to Twitter, yes. you're doing your jokes on Twitter, you get yeah. hired. I think that's, so, I, I wonder like how far away we are from like, yeah, writing samples just being like, uh. Well, really tight Twitter feed, you know. Well, the real way it was was they 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 were like, "Do you want to come in for two days?" And so, so they gave me. So Jackie recommended me, but the my quote unquote writing sample was Twitter. My first day of no, it was oh. my my first day of work. Like oh, they shit. didn't the, the show didn't look at my Twitter. Yeah, it just made her think. Oh yeah, this girl can probably do this. Yeah. Um, in addition to having seen me on stage and all that stuff, but I yeah. think that that kind of reframed me as from singing person to funny person. Um. But yeah, so I did. Uh, so I've I've never gotten a joke. I've never gotten a, a job off of a packet. It's always been off of going in and doing a day, at least a day or a few days of work. And then they're like, oh, okay, yes, she can do this. Um, so after my first day at Fashion Police, 
the head writer pulled me aside and was like, John wants you to come back. And I was like, okay, I thought I was coming back because I thought it was two days. Oh God! Then, and then later I was like, oh, he meant like, cut, like you work here now until oh you don't anymore. Were you so happy? Was this great? Yeah, because I had no money, man. Oh God. I, I, was, I had a bed on the floor. And where? a couple of books on Beechwood. Oh man, um, uh, I mean, I, I lived where, where in Beechwood. You don't live there anymore, right? I, I do now. I've, I've, I've this is my third place on Beechwood. Oh, really? I live farther up. I live twenty thirty three North Beechwood. Oh, okay. You live yeah. I, oh, that was my first apartment, studio apartment. When I was like nineteen. Wait, was what twenty thirty three North mine Beechwood? Mine was twenty forty three. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I progressively moved to Beechwood too because yeah. I was like the store, the yeah. the market, the yeah, cafe. Nice. Love it. Yeah. You got the sign. <laughs> so cozy. It's like yeah. the dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, okay. a lot of weirdos. I like all the weirdos in that neighborhood. And I also like. Well, I was born and raised here, but I still get so excited by people who are like fresh off the bus mm-hmm. and they're like at the you know the bourgeois pig, and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm oh, writing their screenplay. I'm like so yeah. hilarious. And it's <laughs> funny because you know you know that exists here. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. So you got the job there. Mm-hmm. That's happening. How long are you there for? And then what the I was, fuck happens? I was there for, oh gosh, how long was I there? Um, it, I think about a year. Yeah, I was there like a year. Yeah. And then we went on strike and it did not go our way. Still on strike. Still yeah. on strike. Yeah. Um, he, you know, we got a, a settlement for part of it, but for back, anyway. Um, yeah. I think partly because of the strike, I was pretty outspoken with that strike. I was kind of, um, I did a lot of interviews at the time on it, I was me and Brian Cook and uh, Jackie Beat, who's Why don't you and date then, Brian Cook. He's got sounds a like a dream. Oh, God, <laughs> he's one of my best friends. Though. All right, well that's good. Um, See, why can't we? Why can't you find the friendship and the romantic love and combine them, and then you've got it all? I don't know. Is that the goal? I yeah, think. yeah, but but the. The, all those guys all have girlfriends already. What about Will Weldon? He said he's Canadian. Aristotle said Will Weldon is handsome, tall, and Canadian, and single. Nope. See, there you go. He's Has probably it? in love with you, though. I would be. No. If I were Will Weldon sitting next to you all the time, no. sit, finding a reason to sit next to you, even though there's a chair directly across from you. No, Will and I are almost two good friends. Oh, see, another like. Look at that. Put that under a microscope. What the fuck does that mean? We're too good of friends. He's too. We're too good looking and stylish and too close of friends and work really well together. <laughs> That's weird. Well, but it would also, uh, you know, you can't, you don't really break up with friends. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, when Is you that, date yeah. someone. Ugh, I was just talking about this. You know, you, you, you run the risk of losing them also. Isn't that so irritating? It's like, why can friendship stand the test of time and be unconditional and you can be your complete self and you laugh and you have a great time and it's like not so intense and... Uh, but then in a relationship, it's like ego, 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 ego is involved and the sex, you know, because of sex. And all of a sudden it's like, we can never talk again when you break up or, yeah. or I can't believe you liked her photo on Instagram or what the fuck? Or you talking mm-hmm. to that girl or how come you're not texting me? Or Anyway, but yeah. uh, it's so exhausting. I wish I could find a balance of the two. So you're on strike with this <laughs> other woman. Strike. She's helping out too. Oh, sh- um, Jackie Beat is a Jack- drag queen. Oh, wow. On RuPaul? Amazing. No, uh, Jackie's never done RuPaul, but still gets on all of the lists of like the most famous, well-respected drag queens. She's like drag queen royalty. Oh my God, learning um, so much. Yeah, check her out. She's the best. Um, but yeah, so the three of us were the ones who did most of the interviews and stuff, um, which I think helped lead to my next job, um, which was uh, totally biased. Okay. Back in New York. Again, they invited me to come out for a week to do a test week of writing for them um, rather than have, submit a packet. And I did that. And they were like, oh, yeah, this, you get it. And I uh, ended up getting offered a job for the next season. Yeah. Um, and again, there was a situation where there were comics who knew me, but I think didn't know that aspect of me, the, the like social 
justice-y sort of stuff and then saw that come up and we're like, oh, and put it, put it together. Because all of the jobs, you know, you're always, it's just people recommending you. That's, yeah. That, that's really what gets you a job. So you, so people need to A, like you and B, know that you can do the things that they're being asked to recommend. Yeah. Um, so went to New York, went back to New York, worked for Totally Biased, um, when I, but I, I usually I used to describe it as not really moving to New York, but moving to Totally Biased. Oh our God, hours, <laughs> our hours were so long; we were just like there all the time. Um, and then it was canceled after oh, one season because the Cause... first season had it had been a weekly show once a week, and it had been on FX, and then they made it a nightly show um, on FXX, which was a channel people didn't even know that they had. It's still confusing, mm-hmm. and it was a show, and like the people the people who were making that show, a lot of that staff had never made a TV show at all. Oh, wow. So when they were making a weekly show, it was like a a pretty fast learning curve of them figuring out how to make a TV show. And then when it was a nightly show, it was like, yikes, like a runaway train. Yeah. You know, so then, and I don't know if we had like enough staff or anything. Who knows? Anyway, they canceled us. Too Um, thoughtful a show. Too thoughtful show. Kardashian yeah. stays on. Yeah. All right. Yeah, pretty much. Got it. Um, so I came back here, went to Funny or Die. Um, I was there for, I don't know, like six, like nine months or so. Left Funny or Die, worked on a few different pilots, a few different like um, sketch pilots and junk like that. And then started at, oh, then um, while I was at Funny or Die, Adam Conover started making these videos um, online that were like funny and fast paced and um, uh, uh, information driven, like they're factual. And he was making them for College Humor, which Funnier Die kind of considers a, a rival. Yeah. And um, I, I was watching them. And I was like, "These are so great! They're making me so mad." And I made everybody watch them, and I was like, "Why aren't we making these? I yeah. want to. This is what I want to be making. Stuff like this. This is so great." Um, and they were like, whatever, it sucks because it's college humor. And I was like, Phew. oh, no. Yeah. And I didn't know Adam, but we had a friend in common. And so one night I was out with that friend and a, a bunch of people and he was there. And at the end of the night, I, they walked me home, which was cute. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, we were at Birds. So oh the whole group of people were like, we're going to walk you home. <laughs> yeah. So they walked me home and I was like, bye. It was nice to meet everybody. Oh, hey, Adam, by the way, uh, I love your videos. They're so smart and funny and they make me mad that I'm not making them. I'm like, I'm so jealous of them. They're really, really great. Yeah. <clears throat> And he was like, oh, oh, my gosh, thanks. And then a few weeks later, maybe months later, he was writing a pilot for it and asked me to come in oh, to work on the pilot. And God. it was me and two other guys. And he was like, by the way, the three of you are here because each of you independently for no reason told me that you liked the videos. Um, I was like, oh, OK. So I worked on the pilot, had a really great time. And then it went to series and he offered me a job. So, again, no packet, just like. Community, yeah, people, yeah, um, and telling people that you like, what yeah, they do. thank God you said something. Yeah. So often people don't do that because they they don't want to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, they think that Their it'll ego. make them sound like a, a fan, a fan, or something. Embarrassed and or... that's true. There are some comics and people who, if you act like a fan to them, they classify you as a fan in their head. Oh, but those people are them. jerks. Yeah, those are assholes. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not doing the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, and they're they're limiting themselves. Anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, then I worked on Adam Ruins Everything for a while, um, for, for a season. And tw- while that was happening, Corden was already, they were, they were talking to me. And so after when it, the first season of Adam Ruins Everything ended, I went over to 
according to uh, the Late Late Show. And I have been there since. And now for I'm going to continue there for a few more weeks and then I'm going to leave and do uh, a new show, Drop the Mic, which is a spinoff from it that I'm going to be the head writer for. Oh, my God. Wait, a spinoff of? Corden. I can't wait. So what is that show all about? Congratulations. It's, it's incredible. Thanks. Yeah. It's a um, it's a rap battle between comi- between uh, uh, celebrities. Drop the mic. So, so it's a bit that we do on the show. Yeah. Um, that I've been writing with Jensen Carp, And so now we're taking it got sold as its own show. So yeah. we're going to be doing that. So you don't need a relationship. You got your whole <laughs> life happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. And how, oh, I can't. So, oh, God, my mom just gave me a business card. She's, she's like a, she does models for an architect. She like builds models. Huh. And on her on her card, it was so hilarious because she still does bitmojis. She still sends me bitmojis in the morning. She thinks they're cool still, or they had their. Mo- but and then she put a bitmoji of herself on her card of her dropping the mic, uh, <laughs> and I thought it was so cute because she's so into it. And I just think I was like, oh wow, it's so great. She just makes her so happy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah, I love bitmojis. Yeah, <laughs> I forget about them, and then someone me will send too. one, and I'll be like, oh yeah, like that's my mom. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> my mom will send you one. Um, my God, so. I mean, that's I just, everything. That's the, well, get out. We, we did it all. We've <laughs> said it all. But uh, I mean, yeah, how would you find even the balance? How is it? Is it difficult when you are in a relationship to find the balance between working and having crazy, crazy intense hours? You have to wake up so early, put on the right brooch for Joan Rivers or whoever Joan Rivers <laughs> may be at this point in your career. Like, how do you balance the two? Because you need a lot of, are you an only child also? No, I've got a sister, but she's like a decade older oh, than Who me. cares about so, her? Well, Useless. But so it's, uh, they say that that makes you kind of like two only children. Oh if yeah. You're that, if you're more than five years apart. Yeah. So I'm just looking at you with your cute doll face with oh, your, stop. with your bee stung lips you, and your bangs, which I, I, I can relate to. So I feel, you know, Oh, you are. I try to sometimes, but I have a scar on my forehead. So I like oh, to cover my that's scar. That's a cute up. scar. Thank you. I feel it's like a pork chop. No. I mean, I don't know. I like pork chop. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like a shape um, like a pork chop. I, I, I had little short bangs, which I liked. Yeah, I saw those. Um, but then it got too much. Like I cut too much of the hair into the bangs and I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta reset the situation. Yeah. Growing them out. I'm gonna get maybe maybe like like a few little bangs, hey, but looking, not like you're looking like Bridget Bardot. You got the soft oh, kind of pony French chic it. it girl thing. It's true. So like, how do you find the balance? And, and oh god, I've got a lot of more questions. But we will get out of here soon. I know it's the holidays and you got a life to live. In the, in the, I don't find don't I don't find the balance. I don't know. I um I mean in the past when I've been dating and been in a relationship, it's um it it has been with other creative so they understand yeah um but i've been on both sides of the like i don't have more time i'm sorry i I really have to work and why can't you give me more time why can't you see me you need like a handsome successful producer who's 10 years older than you who's monogamous and not fucking prostitutes don't you think Mm -hmm. i think so (laughs) and uh my god and it must be impossible not to have crushes in the workplace which is maybe detrimental but also like how could you not you're working late hours you're in a writer's room gosh i don't though that's good listen I don't. that was I, a test, I, I, test. I, I, no i mean I, I like i think i how sexy is that though a writer is it primarily men too which is irritating but also it is but they're but they end up feeling like brothers, brothers. Yeah. yeah like and also in a writer's room you're with them so much yeah. i don't know maybe there are people who are like you see the worst suave sides. and classy, but I feel like I've seen them all like put their frogs in their desk drawers to go to a meeting. Do you know what I mean? Like, fro- uh, okay, they're, 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 like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, like they're like you just they they're, they seem just... like a bunch of little brothers, you know? Yeah, where they're like, I don't know. Also, not none of them are available. 
None of them are available. No. Yeah. But yeah, it just does, it really doesn't have that energy. Do you feel like you have to be vigilant in situations? I feel like uh, I've been in, I feel like in this world, it's just so primarily, you know, it's just a lot of men. It's a lot mm-hmm. of men and there's yeah. a lot, I feel like there's a lot of residual, like especially if men of a certain age, like who are, I don't know, executives or mm-hmm. uh, managers or agents or whatever. And let's say they're older and they're a lot, it's just, I just feel like I've been in a lot of rooms where I'm the only girl. And I have to go in vigilant because I'm also very sensitive. And I know I could burst into tears at any moment, but that's not going to serve me. And that's mm-hmm. just going to make everything worse. And then I'm just swatting like, you know, especially having had a blog called Boy Crazy. So immediately like the, you know, nobody's thoughtful. Nobody takes the time to like dig deeper. So it's like, uh, I'm, I know I said this already, but like kind of uh, having like a, not a I don't want to say the word slut, but just having a certain vibe I've given off or something mm-hmm. because I talk about love and dating relationships. So I go into these meetings and I have to like uh, just constantly deal with dick jokes and all this horrible like I mean have you ever had to deal with these kind of things? Yeah, or like, it's but just I'm like, pretty What do you do in situations I, like this? I tell them I don't like it. That's great. Thank you. Like uh, um, I and I usually make fun of them. That's my I mean f- starting with Joan, or if not, I don't know. If there's, I probably have childhood friends who will be like, actually, starting with forever. But yeah. uh, I make fun of them, um, and that's it, yeah. So they, so I, it can't be that I'm a stick in the mud. That I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. But I just got a bigger laugh off of telling everybody that you said that that was kind of gross what you yeah. just said. And it also, if there's a laugh involved, it feels like, hey, see, I'm not trying to cut your balls off, weirdo. Yeah. I'm just trying to not have that in my environment but it is it's a delicate dance because it is like so if you tell jokes about dating or whatever if you do you ever talk about sex in your i haven't seen every single thing i don't really like i have some stuff about it um a a little bit but not really okay because i feel like this does still happen to other friends who i because i guess i'm i'm working through uh a residual persona that i had a while Mm -hmm. back that i'm trying to fight and like evolve past but but i other girlfriends who are in situations where that are in comedy, they have to deal with the same stuff and they're just so much tougher than I am. They're, you know, yeah, that's so much energy to like walk into a room, be, be vigilant, know what you're going to get into and then be prepared to like be real sharp and fast because I'm just like, can't everybody just be nice and well, kind and thoughtful? But they can't. Here's another thing. Tell me. Yeah. I, my view with heckling um, is you better be good at heckling to heckle me. So like if somebody's like, quietly heckling or like said something unintelligible i ignore them i'm like they get better at heckling oh yeah that's good and like i feel like that's kind of an attitude that like make them be uh, aggressively shitty like unless someone is aggressively shitty to you oh also um uh the the whole pin in that um yeah with email you know, like sometimes you're like, what the fuck was that email? Like somebody sends you a shitty email. Or even on social media. Yeah. yeah. I huh. always try to read it in the nicest possible voice, but I also write back to it as though they have said exactly what I want them to say, which puts them in a position to either agree to what I want them to say or double down on being an asshole and be like, no, 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 you misunderstood me. I meant fuck you. Like no one's going to do that. Yeah. So I think the same sort of thing, like, don't walk into a room assuming that anyone has a has any kind of uh, prejudgment about you. Don't oh, do that work you. for them. Thank you. Make them do that work hard. Make them be like, hey, in case you missed it, oh. you know, thank you. Because then you're playing on their terms and it should be on your terms. Oh, I love you. God, 
If there's, this is like, does that make sense? Such does a takeaway from my, yes, it does. And it's, and I actually had to do this. I'm constantly doing like, because I just overthink so much and I make life so painful for myself. And I went on a, like a second date with a guy and I just wasn't calm in my skin. I was feeling very, even, you know, just really insecure that day. And I'm just with him. And in the silence of our date, we're just, I don't know what we're doing. We're, I don't know, it's a philharmonic or whatever. It was, it was very cool. Very cool. But I'm thinking, I had all these horrible thoughts in my head, like, oh my God, he doesn't like me or blah, blah. Are you okay, Aristotle? We're trying to have a <laughs> he's talk here. At us. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I think he's caught. He's holding back phlegm. He's got a cold. Mm-hmm. Stay away from us. Stay right there. Um, but, uh, but I was having all these horrible thoughts like, oh, he doesn't really like me or I'm not looking cute or my thighs are too big or just all the worst, meanest thoughts. And then I just said, stop it. Just assume the guy love he loves you. He mm-hmm. loves me. So I just tried to turn it into the complete opposite and, and you know, because both might be completely wrong, but I'd rather I, but it just was so helpful to be delusionally kind to myself and assuming the best from him because I've already assumed the worst from most people I date. But it's all just voices in my head. Mm-hmm. So that's I mean, I, so that's helpful to me to know to go into a room and just uh not enter you know, on their terms and assuming yeah. that they mean the meanest thing. Walk in like a boss bitch. Walk in like a boss bitch. You know? Oh my God. Make people have to shout no mean at stuff. You. <laughs> yeah. Like just assume yeses and make make them have to be like, you're crazy if you think we said yes. Does that make sense? That does make okay. sense. Yeah. Um, Did you get that Aristotle? Okay. He's so loving of women. Can you, he has a seven year relationship with his girlfriend? Have you, I ever, know. have you ever met her? No. She's not real. <laughs> oh my god! Did your dad call again? No. All right, was making sure. No, we gotta. Oh god! All right. Wait. Do you do any psychedelics or drugs or anything? Not really. No. I. I mean, I used to. I smoked weed when I was younger, um, and I did mushrooms. Oh, you went a couple times in Amsterdam. When was this? I don't um, want to get you fired from any jobs. You, you, you work for corporate, corporate company. I don't. Who knows anymore? Yeah. I don't know. And I was in Amsterdam. That's not Listen, even illegal there. Like, it doesn't even count. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been. Um, that was. I was dating a guy who was working at a comedy theater there. Um, oh wow. When I was living in New York, and so I would go see him in Amsterdam. That's like a nice relationship. <laughs> yeah, uh, long distance relationships have worked out for me. Are it's, those? Re- I've had. I had a two year one. I feel like is that not real or real or both is it a weird i don't know who knows it, but it definitely lets you live your life like you're a single person and you do whatever you want and yeah. then you have times where you see them i would like to learn how to meld the two yeah but uh, so you're in amsterdam mm-hmm. you're doing mushrooms mushroom chocolates because i just bought mushroom chocolates i've never done mushrooms no just straight up mushrooms like mushrooms so tell me what happened do you recommend um, them i do yeah i like them um it was like i just you know, you walk around stuff and stuff feel like looks like more meaningful and feels more meaningful and like sounds are strange. Um, I remember there was a Christmas tree fire. They were they were burning old Christmas trees. And I remember sitting and watching that for I think of it like five minutes. It might have been two hours. Yeah. Um, and being like, Oh, I get it. Fire is a performer. And all it wants is to perform for us. It just wants to dance for us. But every time it does, it destroys things. So we can never get the satisfaction that it wants, and uh, that was my big mushrooms takeaway. Do you have? Is that a bit? Do you do? Do you, do you no. have like any of this in your act? No. Jesus. And uh, we'll think about that. Yeah, I saw. I remember. Like, yeah, just like you. You see, for me, I would like see different things and be like, that means something. That means something. Yeah. And my boyfriend at the time uh, had a much different reaction to mushrooms. His thing was. Um, 
they're all trying to get us. Oh God! All the all the animals are really robots, and no one knows. You can't tell the ones that are real from the robots. And then he would cry. Oh man! Um, so we didn't do that too much. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> while I'm like, there's wonder everywhere. He's like, there's threats everywhere. Oh well, Jesus! I thought that didn't work out. Yeah, I know. Um, um but uh, yeah. Yeah, I also remember going to see movies when we were in Amsterdam because, like, you know, I was also really young. Um, but after a few days there, it just felt like I was high all the time. Um, and uh, I remember we, we walked out of a movie theater. Or we walked out of a movie and uh, there was a poster for an upcoming movie on the wall or just another movie on the wall. And while we're walking out, I was like, oh, my God, we should see that. And he was like, we just did. We were <gasps> walking out of that movie. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I don't remember it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, you need to go home. Um, do you like, do you subscribe to traditional gender roles in dating? Because I feel like so you're... Com- a little bit. Like, when a guy a guy asks you on a date, do you want him to pay? Do you offer to pay? Like, Because I'm interested I offer in... To pay. You offer to pay? Tell me about that, because I'm always... I offer to split it. Do you? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell me about that. But cause... I like it when they're like, no, no, let me... Yeah, why the fuck is that? I dated a guy who was making a lot less money than me, though, yeah. and I ended up paying. Like, I was like, mm, come on now. Or I would, like, not pay in front. Like, I would just take care of it, you know? Because yeah. I felt like I'm making more money. That, that, like, yeah. the whole reason that started, or part of the reason that started, was because men were making more money than women. Yeah. And so if that's not the situation, it doesn't feel Well, it's really still fair. not equal. It's still not equal. Yeah, no, it's still not equal. Um, but uh, But, yeah, I like it when... I think that it it doesn't even have to be gender roles. Like I like when someone puts effort into things and wants to show you that they thought about this and care about you, like planning a date and wanting to come and pick you up and do all of that stuff. It's like saying, I think you are special. I want to treat you like you're special. Yeah. But why can't women, but it's not as, as women do that with our mouths on their dicks. That's true. That's what I'm saying. Also, that's how we say, yes, you're special. Yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I think there are, there, there are different ways you try to do it, but yeah, yeah. I know. But why did, does it bother you? If you, if you would pay for the, if you pay for something and just kind of secretly take care of it, why are you secretly taking care of it? Why, why is it a little bit bizarre? Cause you're so, you know, f- you know, uh, successful. Cause I didn't want it to be an issue because it's emasculating a bit, but why? Yeah. Because there, it's a, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He, it's it does seem to wilt them a little bit it yeah. like i feel like men are so scared nowadays too yeah well i think that the definitions of masculinity have been swept away to yeah. be dramatic about it yeah um and they don't know how to define themselves as men and that can be and so so different guys will pick different things and be like it's this it's this and then get really staunch about that yeah. thing um but like, is it is it paying for things? Is it being the funny one? Is it being the strong one? Is it like overpowering people? Is it like, you know, it can be, um, is it saying no? Um, it can be good stuff or it can be bad stuff. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that's something that our society kind of really needs to tackle. Like helping dudes figure out ways to feel proud of themselves as men and be good dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it's still weird. So I can't. I, I, I keep meeting successful men that I think, oh yeah, like I, I run everything in my life. I pay for everything in my in my life. It's exhausting. I'm doing all my stuff, and then you know, 
if I date a successful guy and I put him on a pedestal because he's – and I think, oh, I can feel safe with this man. I'll take me at dinner. It'll be great. And then I learn all these bizarre things where it's like it's always those men who are like into the weirdest, like where they want to be dominated by a woman because they're oh, – yes. Yeah. And I, I keep running into that and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. I just – it's so confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I get a lot – that's the kind of guys that approach me after shows. I, I get that. Well, that, that energy of like – Oh, you seem so powerful. I know. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. (laughs) So if we're going to throw it. That's not for me. If we're going to throw it out into the ether and write that, you know, cliche list that all of my girlfriends are always telling me, you got to write your list. You got to write your list of your ideal whatever. What would that be for you for the new year? Or you don't even give a fuck, maybe. Sounds like no, you I love do. being single. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I don't love oh, being single. Oh, you don't? I just no. want, I want you to oh. You love being single. I don't love being single. I don't know. No, <laughs> I mean, I like, I want, I want to be in love. That feeling, I forget. It's the most, and I am such a romantic. I'm still a teenage romantic, whimsical, like, I have that ability in me. But I feel like, though, I meet these men who it's been beaten out of them, mm. and I still have that in me, but they're so guarded. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, so I'm just. I'm looking for an openness in somebody, or I guess it clicks when it clicks with the right person. But no, of course I would love to fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody who's like your home base and someone who, you know, you love and you feel safe with all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Of course I want all that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would want someone creative, someone who is uh, like settled, like, like who knows who they are. Yeah. Not settled, but like, who knows what it takes to make them happy um, so that they can do that th- themselves and or communicate it to me. Yeah. Oh, um, communicating. Yeah. Someone who can, who I can talk to. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to not make it a list of like reactive things also. What you do you mean? I mean? Like someone who likes going to the movies in the movie theater. Oh God! Who doesn't talk during that movie. Yeah. No, 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 yeah that's true though. Oh God. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, um, someone nice. Yeah. I guess, you know, it when you feel it, I guess yeah. it's just a feeling. Yeah. That would oh, be laughing. And that's the thing with apps that I, I feel oh, like doesn't work. Pheromones, feeling. Yeah. Like, what, do they, what does a person smell like? Like, oh. what do they, what do they move? Like the little teeny tiny movements. Like, I feel like all of that can, does a, a lot more for connection than yeah. these curated pictures yeah. and song. Yeah. Oh, you made a really good point in your, in one, in, uh, in one of your joke with one of your jokes about how, uh, oh God, about how romantic comedies just oh, remind me. One, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, like I've been thinking about that a lot. About it. you never see what's actually you. you no. only, they only take you up until the point where the, the couple gets together. Yeah. After that, who knows what the fuck happens? Yep. Yeah, there's no romantic comedy that's about just being in the being relationship. In the relationship because <laughs> it is so boring. You're yeah. so right. Um. Yeah. I I was also thinking recently about like. You know the archetype of uh, the manic pixie dream girl. I hate that phrase. Who came up with that phrase? Mm, You're like, I, I wrote know. that, Alexi. No, How, some, that was my first some tweet. Writer, okay. Some writer was like, "How do we talk about breakfast at Tiffany's?" Oh god. But also about the new girl. Is she um, a manic pixie? Dr- she was a part, Audrey Hepburn. In that is like that's often referenced as like the first manic pixie dream girl. Oh my god. Um, I named my cat Kitty. Yeah. Keep going. But sh- there's so that's like this big archetype that's out there. But when the manic pixie dream girl grows up. She's just a crazy old lady. Oh, man. And I was thinking about this, that we don't have, we talk about how there are no roles for actresses over whatever, 35, 40, um, just, yeah, 
middle-aged actors. There are no roles for them, which also means that there are no role models for us as audiences. Like I don't have different role models from movies that I'm like, she's that's, that's cool. I could be like that. I could be like that. Like, and I did when I was younger Um, or things that felt like they were reflecting my experience and who I want to be. And that, that, uh, that I feel like is sadly missing and lacking in a, cinema oh, you know what I was, and I was talking about this with a guy the other day I I wrote this thing I made this short film whatever it's a lot I would like to edit that phrase I made a short <laughs> film please <laughs> no, no no really don't mark that I'm just joking okay <laughs> we'll, Why? we'll keep my commentary in there okay um that's great well I saw you did this thing and this guy was like he's like oh I, you know I like that um and then we we're talking about like Lena Dunham and various uh you know Issa Rae's show mm-hmm. and uh and then this guy made this comment going and I've been hearing this from other men where they're like, yeah, but now that they all they all say the same. It's almost like they feel like there are like two shows that exist for women or yeah. maybe three. That new woman girl. is a genre. They're, yeah. And they're like, I think, you know, it's like they're all just saying the same thing. And it's like they said it. And I wrote this feature, like a, the elongated version of my short film. And I sent it to, and I don't know, I, I don't know why I did this. I should not have done this, but I sent it to like, uh, whatever, whoever I sent it to. <laughs> I'm a person in the, in the, in the biz, like a executive suit wearing person. And his comments on it were like, but hasn't this been said before? Didn't like, you know, because one time it was said, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yet you can have Everybody Loves Raymond. You can have like a million different shows of the the, the ch- chubby, gross guy that the woman would never really want to fuck Ugh. in real life. You can have 20 different shows. Of that. That's cool. But you can't have like, just because there maybe there are two or three shows of women dealing with sexuality, wanting to be heard, wanting to be good at something and be in love. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's been done. Yeah. And it's so irritating. That's another yeah. thing that makes me hate men. And then I have been going on dates with guys. And we're all so hypersensitive right now, post-Trump. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I keep starting sentences with, oh, no, not in a post-Trump America. And you mm-hmm. don't, you know, like, <laughs> because I feel hypervigilant on these first dates. And I just, yeah, just so all of this. Is, and I'm, you must come into contact with this all the time, being, you know, a writer a power. I'm, I'm going to say powerful woman. A strong, powerful. Woman. <laughs> you I know, lift you stuff. Know, fuck you. <laughs> I use my legs, not my back. Oh, shut up. That's where you get the power. Um, but you know what I mean. It's just so irritating. Yeah. And then I'm supposed to fuck one of these dudes. Exactly. That's no, what thanks. I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Get the fuck out of here. Really fucking tough. Yeah. You're like, just shut up and don't hurt your chances yeah i would like to be able to want to fuck you so, um so what are your thoughts i mean i just know i just set a big you know, no i think you're of- right I, you know i was just wa- like i feel like there's eight different versions of uh manhattan and did there even need to be one yeah. um God, floating around that. out now that's like oh uh, the f- fussy man doesn't know about anything but <laughs> yeah. but calm lady she knows Lady is wise, or or lady needs him enough. Like you got your forty million different Annie Halls, um, so yeah. And they, and they they don't see that they don't. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, with like I don't know. It, I think you're totally right, and it's uh it's a bummer, but it's why we need more female executives and people recognizing female audiences. Um, I feel like my stand up improved or my experience of doing my stand-up improved a ton when i realized i perform for the women in the audience i love that it makes me so happy they're like the guys you are that role model you're talking about the role model you're looking for mm-hmm. you are that oh that's nice no that's what you're gonna be like when girls you know because young girls listen to this show and like 
And I get these emails and everything you're telling me, you're giving me advice and we're having this conversation, but they're eavesdropping on our conversation and they're looking to you and they're looking to me being honest and brave talking about this stuff. And it will be helpful because, yeah, so you are that. So that's important. Oh, that's nice. But go on. So yes. But yeah, I, per- I perform for the women in the audience and the, the men often laugh also. Yeah. Not all the time, especially in clubs. Sometimes they just look at me like, what is this? And I'm like, well, you'll, you'll catch on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but the women laugh, but they they laugh with their hands over their mouths. That's how we eat. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> but I feel like it's like like we all have to stop laughing with our hands over our mouths, metaphorically. Yeah. And like show ourselves as an audience, as consumers, and say how we really feel about things. Because I think also we got tricked into feeling like we'll be unlovable slash unfuckable if we're if we say no, I don't like this. I don't. I do, and I do like this, even though you don't. You know, we've got chick flicks that guys agree to go to. Like, why don't we call like a movie? D- yeah, and why, why don't we call uh, action movies dick flicks that we're like, I guess I got to go to this if I'm going to get some dick later. Yeah, you know, like the, the because they are recognized as an as an audience and they are. So yeah, stop laughing with it. Take your hands off of your mouth. Yeah, make noises. Oh, ah, yeah. I uh, I had this weird moment the other day. Oh, were you protective of me with that Dino Stamatopoulos? Andy Dick comment thing. You don't remember? I thought we were friends. I can't believe it. Oh, well. Yeah, I just... because He's just an observer. He's just an observer. He's doing his thing. Letting his freak fly fly. Okay. Uh, Oh, well. I had Dino Stamatopoulos. Do you know that guy? Mm -hmm. I don't know him, but I know who he is. So he's like, you know... And I have a lot... I have a fondness for him. He's fucked up and bizarre and brilliant, you know, of an old... I don't know. And then he has a podcast with Andy Dick called Skull Juice. And then I heard them talking about me and making a joke. And it was, and I just got so rattled where it's like, uh, because I had this blog boy crazy. That's why I'm talking about this so much because it all just happened. Mm. And uh, Dino was telling Andy, who's recently fallen off the wagon and that's out there. I'm not outing him, but uh, saying, oh, you got to, because he was supposed to be on this podcast. He's like, you got to return Alexi's text to be on her show. And Andy was like, oh, I'll be on her show. I made some kind of like, and, mm-hmm. was, and then Dino goes, well, she is boy crazy. She might have sex with you. And then Andy took it to another level going like, yeah, I'll fuck the shit out of her. Like, you know, does she need to be fu-? all this stuff? And I got so rattled. And I, and that's their podcast. And that's their podcast. And, and that's I, a fine conversation for people to have, I guess. You know, I mean, I'm sure we would say things like that about, but that's your podcast. Well, then I called up Dino, livid, because I didn't take the time. Like you said, you know, take a bit of time to respond to the email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I've got to learn that about social social media where I don't get so reactive, which is probably why I should meditate. But I called him up because I have a fondness for him. I have a friendship with him. I like him. I recognize that he's fucked up. And I I was like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe Like I was so irritated. And then, uh, and then I just called my mom. My mom goes, you know what? Just don't let outside forces rattle you so much. And I listened back to the thing and I kind of calmed down and I went, and then I, my stance on it was like, oh yeah, these two boneheads making jokes. It makes me sound desirable as if I would ever even fuck these idiots. Yeah. And then it made me feel like I rose above it and I laughed and I'm still friends with Dino. But then my friends were like, you shouldn't be friends because that was, that was rude. And so I'm just like, I don't even know, like, how would you deal with a situation like that? Because I just want to empower myself and go, ah, I don't give a fuck. And I know who I'm fucking. I know who I don't. That's, these are like little children. Mm-hmm. But then, because like, I'm like, do you cut everybody out of your life? That's, eh, or is that horror? I don't know. No, I don't. Well, I think that you can. I think there are. There's also an option for you to look at a situation and be like, all right, I learned something about a bunch of people, and they don't need to know exactly what I learned, okay. but I still learned it. Yeah, you know, like you don't have to say like, 
here's what I, here's who you are and what you are because you're not going to change people. Yeah. Some and you you don't need to in this situation. Yeah. You know, it's not like this is a coworker that you're going to have to deal with every day and you have to be like, look, man, you can't talk to me at the office that way. Yeah. Um, but you know, you you learn something about who these people are. Yeah. And you get to decide what exactly that was because also you know your relationship with each of them and you know what they said and what the tone was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's you have nothing that is counting on either of them, correct? Yeah, no. So you learned something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, it, and, you, and it's not your obligation to to teach them to be better people or to tell them what you learned. Yeah. That's a good point. That is a good point. What are you doing for New Year's as we land this plane? This uh, will come out after New Year's. What's your plan? I'm I'm going I'm, uh, a friend is having some some people over. Yeah. So definitely won't meet anybody. You definitely why? No. Wait, so are you, are you on the apps? Are you live on the apps? Where can men find you? No. Where can all the woke, thoughtful, handsome, no. tall men find you? Uh do you respond to DMs? Can I, well, I don't I'm not I'm sorry I just love talking about love and relationships and dating no yeah I uh yeah after I've been like I hate men no sure DM me no. fellas I'll fucking cut your dick off <laughs> no 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 oh god oh my friend uh I, I went to Disneyland with a friend who's visiting uh from Berlin oh he, yeah like, that's lit- exciting it was so fun it was a guy I dated when I was 18 and then we just like he invited me to Disneyland yesterday it was like this romantic beautiful thing but he goes on dates in Germany and he says it's just the vibe he'll be on a first date with a girl and at the end of the date the woman will go I don't think I could love you or just it's like cut and dry and he's like okay it's just <laughs> Germans are fucking, no joke yeah yeah but uh, yeah, I dated a guy with a German mother and she she was like was like I like you your face looks funny. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, oh like, God. Like you're like, mm, okay, this, these clothes don't suit you. Oh, my God. You're the best person my son has dated. I'm like, mm, okay. okay. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, ideally, I would like to date a man with no mom, no animals, no sister, no children. No Did you snort? Yeah. No, maybe animals are okay. I actually really like dogs and cats. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to know that they can, like, take care of something. And That's why I'm alone. <laughs> That's true. Good point. I'm, I'm learning so much from you today. My God. Let me just look over my copious notes, make sure okay. I got it all. All right. Okay. Living okay. Your life. All right. Uh, yeah. Do you meditate at all? I don't. I should. You I think it would probably help, but I don't. I talk about I'm meditating. I'm a bad sleeper. You're a bad sleeper? Yeah. I mean, I can't. What, I'm not allowed to ask her if she, how she's going to die, how she, what she thinks about death because of Pete Holmes. Aristotle said I can't talk about death on the show because Pete Holmes talks about that and it's not allowed. How dare you? Okay. Uh, (laughs) You got a mic, don't you? I know. Uh, What are you hiding? um, Are you religious at all or? Not really. Uh, Well, I I, I was brought up Unitarian Universalist, which I really liked and still consider myself a Unitarian, but I don't go to services. Um, It's... uh, it, it, you're looking confused. I wanna, yeah, I was, I, was, I was making sure I wasn't keeping you too long. I was looking at the clock, and I want to know what, what that means. Um, well, Unitarians believe that um, every that humans need religious community because we create them in every society, in every culture. There, there's We figure out something where we all sit around a fire and say specific words and then dance around, and yeah. you know we got to do that. But really, the fire is just trying to perform yeah. for us, but yeah. it's, you know, it can't you know, be. It can't they, just be not itself. Not everybody can see that. <laughs> um, now they know. But... But yeah, so so humans need religious community. But the idea that I should be able to tell you what to think or that my my ideas are more right or more important than yours um, is crazy. Like uh, like me and Dan, Dino and Andy Dick. Hmm. 
No, I'm just mean like I can't tell them what. Okay, can, no, yeah, never mind. Yeah, but like, yeah, and and even in like a regular church, like to think that to to assume that like you're thinking the same thing as the person next to you, like how could you possibly be anyway? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So in um in a Unitarian church, for the the sermon is usually like on a topic, and they'll talk about like what different religions believe. Like Buddhists say this, Native Americans say this, uh, the Bible says this, the Quran says this. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's and then they sing a couple songs, and then everybody has bagels, and it's oh, great. Yeah. God. Yeah. So it's like being thoughtful and spiritual, but yeah. without being told, you know, right and wrong and dogma. Did you believe in an afterlife? I don't. You don't? No. Or, okay. No, which is a bummer. I really wish I did. Maybe that's more incentive to get more done during this one yeah. lifetime and then it's and then it's over. Yeah. It just doesn't really make sense to me. How come? It just doesn't. Yeah. Because I, I think most of the thoughts of afterlife are based on um, religions that I, I already don't buy the religion. So, I mean, I guess energy sticks around, but... Oh, I also really don't believe in ghosts. You don't believe in ghosts? No. So yeah. I don't think we're going to be ghosts. So it's uh, like, well, what's what the option? Down? What a What's so, that? I know. <laughs> this is uh, a yeah. holiday episode. I know. Well, who the hell do you think? That's why I told you not to ask me about death, because he was like, she's going to fucking bring shit oh, down. No. She believes in a darkness. In a darkness. <laughs> in, in, and so like, yeah, live it up. Live it up. So what's the point do of all like, you're living right now? Yeah, why are we here then? Just because it was an accident? Is this the explosion? Yeah. It just happened? Yeah. Could have yeah. been could have been wet lizards instead, but we're could this. Could have been wet lizards instead. I just saw Wings of Desire, and I was like, "Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my god! What? Oh I mean, wait, is that the Vim Vendors? No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I I watched this, and I was like, "This explains everything." Because like, in, I I already I don't know why have just decided like we are all souls. We jump down to this planet, and uh, and we inhabit these bodies. It's not a mistake. We're here to learn lessons, and mine this time is like patience and whatever it is, and. uh and I just saw this movie and it completely reinforced all these things that I just intuitively felt. And I'm not religious and I'm, and I was like, yes, this is it. So I'm just saying, watch that and you'll know what's what. <laughs> I've seen it. They remade it with uh, oh, Nicolas God. Cage. Oh, God, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'll watch that one too. <laughs> oh, man. Copia. Mushrooms, drugs, doesn't believe in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, single, doesn't really want to get into it because she has her career to do and you're not. Uh, you well, know I what? just don't want to sound I know. I know. You, I know. That's me. I'm like, yeah, you're like, I went on Alexi's podcast and her whole goal is to make me appear desperate, which is not my goal <laughs> at all. I'm just looking at those bee stung lips and that cool outfit. Uh, it's just I've been chewing on them. Not the outfit, the lips. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, have you ever dated? Um, you know what? I feel like you've got a good job and I don't want to. Have you ever dated women? I'm like flirting with them. I'm oh. like, look at those beast on lips, babe. Look at that look at your cute butt. I'm like, obje- I'm objectifying you. Is this the patriarchy so no. buried in me? Maybe. Or my sexual fluidity and then I'm modern. Mm. It's I don't even it know depends. what it is. Are you using a male gaze to do it? Or Hold are you on. using a female gaze oh, to do God, it? God, what's the difference? <laughs> I Wait, don't know. You know what? I have a lot of I think I was raised to be, I was raised by a misogynist. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Eliza's mm-hmm. falling asleep. No, no, no I'm listening. <laughs> this is my I'm listening face. <laughs> oh god i was raised by a misogynist i, I was oh, raised that's tough i mean i mean yeah were you no by uh uh wild feminists really yeah oh my god. dad's not really outspoken about it but my mom very much is and my dad like he he's clearly a feminist oh that's so nice two daughters who are very career driven and relatively successful in our both of our creative fields oh that's she's so a uh, she's a uh, broadway performer oh she sings too mm-hmm. sings acts 
Do you want to sing the rest of this podcast? No, anything I- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying you were raised by a misogynist. No, and it took me so long to like, I didn't realize like, first of all, I was like, I had to get out of seeing myself through my father's eyes and then entering the world being like, oh, wait, no, the whole world sees women like that potentially, mm-hmm. or maybe not even as bad as my father sees women. And I've just like, now I'm 35 years old and I feel like now I'm just like, have so much love for my girlfriends, like this intense shift where I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I'm so, I like... Uh, evolved past that thank god and i'm so happy so i hope i'm not seeing so i try not to tap into that sometimes i will yeah i can accidentally and I'll, I'll catch myself where i'm seeing a woman through a man's eyes where i'm trying to be sarcastic and mean that's my worst self and I, i'm aware of it so i'm probably just seeing you through the female gate it's my sexual yeah. fluidity it's go. those fucking beast thing sung lips and that great outfit thank that you. turtleneck from where you say oh uh it's, i got it off etsy it's it's like not hand painted but oh. it's painted on the thing she walks in with a hand painted turtleneck i should keep it i wasn't sure oh I'm my god your it. whole outfit irritates me uh. because i'm not wearing it i'm serious it's man repeller shit though no it's not oh yeah, yeah, yeah. not Dudes the right like, man oh that's cute um <laughs> But yeah, no, I have not ever dated a woman. Never really wanted to. I have stand up about it. You um, do? Yeah. I, I've disappointed so many guys I've dated. Why? Because they're always like, don't you kind of a little bit want to? And I'm like, no, I really don't. I'm, I, I, that's, it's just not appealing to me. Are they trying to have a threesome or something? Yeah. Those? Or just be able to like fantasize about it anywhere oh, in there. Yeah. I, think, um, yeah. I think all dudes want to think that they're, that the girl they're dating would make out, would, would fuck a, another girl. You're not making out with another girl? None no, of my business. No, I mean like, no, not really. In we'll college, just to be like, <laughs> okay, just to be like, is this the thing? No, it's not. Not yeah. for me. No thanks. I know. I've thought. I thought about that. Yeah, I've made out with other girls, but when I was younger, and always to impress a guy. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. And, you know that that so that was the thing that really bothered me about that movie, Spring Breakers. Did you oh, see that? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, I was like, I hate this movie, I, except for uh, I think James Franco, Franco was pretty gr- fun. I was like, it. I feel like that's his best performance. Yeah, yeah. he was really fun. I thought it. he was very sexy too. I don't know if that's a bad thing. Probably both. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's uh, but this, so it's supposed to be these girls hanging out together, like having this like like crazy you know experience and the whole time it looked like they were being watched by a man which they were by a director yeah but but what's his name um oh because i'm like oh the guy he made kids. aristotle look it up Come um on. but i was like girls never behave that way together how, how and many it, korean korean yes yeah. i was like girls never behave that way together and that doesn't mean that we don't make fun of each other or tr- sometimes try to push each other's boundaries with sexuality or yeah. like all of those things, but not in the way that was captured. Yeah. The way that was captured was we're trying to titillate a dude. Yeah. We're trying to at least get attention from him. Yeah. Um, and that really bugged me. I was like, this is, you still, you had the opportunity to try to show people something that they hadn't seen and you didn't. Well, what do you think about dancing scenes like in the holiday when Kate Winslet gets out of bed to like... I almost tweeted girl. about this. Why are they... There's so Nobody many dancing does scenes. Nobody what? does that. But you know what? I was Who like, does the like, I'm dancing yeah. around. And like the scene in Love Actually where she's like, um, hold on, I'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. Yes. No. When does that happen? Never. They both have dancing scenes in the holiday where like oh. Charlize, not Charlize, what am I talking about? Kate um, Winslet. Kate, it's Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz does the like getting drunk and dancing around and then Kate Winslet does the like in bed dancing around. I'm covering like, my mouth laughing like a geisha, which is how you told me not to laugh. They're both, yeah, I'll don't. learn. Yeah. They, but they both, like it's so, uh, it's so like, th- if it feels like this is what you want, right ladies? Yeah. Is this what you do? You do this, right? 
Yeah, you guys, you dance around in, in pajamas, and yeah. then you, oh, you meet old guys, and they 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 make you fe- trust men again. Oh god, because they're too feeble to be scary. Ugh. Uh, and that the Jack Black's portrayal in that movie is the weirdest oh, thing. Oh, that made no His sense. His portrayal of like the alpha Anna wins. He's playing an alpha Hollywood douchebag, and he he what? doesn't have it. Yeah, it, that was such a forced like, bizarre oh, performance. Hey, I mean, it's so fun hanging out with you, you here. Like, what? Why are you? Also, he shouldn't have been with Shannon Sossman. That casting made no sense. Yep. Made no sense. And his performance was ridiculous. Like he was commenting on his own thing. Yeah, sleep, sleep, sleep. When he's like writing the mm-hmm. forget it. <laughs> yep, all the theme songs. Yeah, I have, I did like a like a tweet storm about. Also, she tries to kill herself by putting her head in the oven. Who? Who? When? Kate Winslet. Like for two seconds, she's like maybe this, and then it's like bloop. Can I rent your house? And she's like okay. Okay. Um, there's, but there's like a moment where she puts her head in, in the oven, and that's not a thing. They you haven't been able to kill yourself with your head in the oven since like the fifty. Well, in the in the UK, you could until the seventies. Don't make not my listeners kind of guess that. I don't want my Sorry. listeners to be like. But it, well, it's not that kind of gas. Anyway, there's like so many things in that movie that I was like wrong, wrong, no, wrong. Yeah, lazy. Give it a second pass. Although uh, I do love that movie. It's kind of cozy. Hot dad, Jude Law. Yes, I know. He's. I mean. That that was when I was like I I got mad at the movie with that I was like you were lying to me this kind of dude does not exist movie oh, you are God. lying to me yeah you've lied napkin face uh huh God our podcast really came to life um, <laughs> we were talking holiday. about the holiday and I, I didn't know I watched you three, never know I watched three quarters of it on the plane. <laughs> And so I, like, I had like 15 minutes left and I was like, I gotta know what happened. Oh, you had never seen it? You know, well, I hadn't seen it for a really long time or maybe I hadn't even watched all of it. I just hadn't, you know, when you're on a plane, you watch a movie. You don't like halfway watch it because yeah. you have to. Yeah. So when I got to my parents' house, I found it on demand um, and was like, great, I'll get to see it. But it's. <laughs> like you can't fast forward on on demand, so I had to watch the entire movie. Oh, so you know what's what when it yep. comes to the holiday? Because yep, I watched it twice in twenty four hours. Yes. Yeah. So you've seen postcards from the edge. Should I watch the movie too, or just yeah. read the book? I really liked the movie. Okay, I haven't read the book though. See, I think she for me. I know she was a Carrie Fisher. You know, is an addict and troubled and all this stuff. But I just thought she was another example of a permission to be a badass sharp funny mm-hmm. daring brave use all the shit that you went through well, as your comedy and be out with it i agree but i and i also think that it's being a daring badass smart funny woman makes you feel crazy in a lot of situations i think especially back then i think to be that aware and see what was going on and be treated the way that she was like oh. how could it not basically gaslight you oh my god yeah that was one of my things i have that written down gaslighting yeah where you're like it feels like this is reality and hollywood is like nope it's not well that's and that was her whole life like she was brought up in it you know yeah ever since she was born i think that's one of the scariest things for me and dating is i got to this point where i just stopped dating for like four months i didn't drink i didn't date i didn't have sex i didn't even i'm great at being single i love being single i've said this already Mm -hmm. 20 times 20 times but I always have some kind of like I'm on an app or I'm 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 texting with someone. I'm hooked into something, and I thought mm-hmm. I don't want to be hooked into anything because I just got so exa- the energy I would exert that I don't see that again. I'm gender stereotyping, but I I would notice men lead with they don't lead with their emotions for the most part. They're logical. They put work first, and then I would find myself losing myself 
or my ego would get hooked into like, oh, he's not texting me back or I want him to like me even if I don't really like him. Mm -hmm. Talking to every barista at every Starbucks about all my stuff. And I was exerting (laughs) so much energy and I thought, I'm done doing that. I'm done sucking fucking dudes' dicks that don't deserve it. I'm going to suck my own dick for a while. You know what? Mm -hmm. I'm just so done. And it was so such a relief to get grounded in myself Mm -hmm. and not lose myself. And now what I get most scared about venturing out and dating again because I'm going to because, you know, I feel like love and career and making a living doing what you love doing are the two most important things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to worry about being accepted by someone. I don't want to go on a first thing going, oh, I got to worry. Like, it's just so exhausting. I don't know the idea of like uh, being 100% me and not like I got to worry so you're going to like me. Yeah. Like I'm putting myself in a position of like – fuck you yeah and like talking about carrie fisher being gaslit and like gaslighting all this stuff and like i don't want to even go into that zone and and you got to get to know people and you never know who you're meeting and like i don't know i'm always more far more productive when i'm single and i do worry about losing that about getting into a relationship and then being like oh why do i care so much about the things that they want and it's hard not to when i used to care about the things that i want yeah why did those get backburnered why couldn't i leave him in charge of caring about his stuff and i'm in charge of caring about my stuff and then we make pizza together sometimes is it possible i don't know pizza is sex yeah in that phrase (laughs) even after trump got elected i didn't even want to have sex myself yeah no i yeah Ugh. My question is to, uh, let's say, uh, like the little girl version of you or girls who are listening, who are looking up to you and are like, oh my God, she's amazing. You're so fearless and you're incredible. And and, uh, do you ever have moments where you're terrified to perform or you don't feel like you're enough or do you have insecurity spirals? And if so, how do you get out of them? Um, Not really so much with performing. uh, Like I I, I don't, uh, I'm usually excited to perform, which I think is related um, in life, I guess, or in career and hurdles you oh, go through. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Um, I, I'm scared about things all the time. And I, I, I think that a fear is, um, fear sometimes is like an arrow to the thing that you want. Like the thing that what I'm scared of is usually what I should most do. Um, and so I try to recognize that. Um, but to actually, and and do it anyway, but to actually get through it, I ask for support. I ask for people to help me. Um, I I had to fire somebody. You did? Yeah. And I, and it, it it had been way too long and I had to do it. And, um, it was really scary and, uh, I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And I went up to a friend of mine at work and was like, Hey, can I run this by you? And like talked, talked it through with him. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, do you want me to stand next to you while you do it? And I was like, yes, please. And he came and stood next to me and just stood in the room with me. Um, and while I, I called up and, you know, ended this relationship. Um, and just having somebody there is, is really good. Yeah. Um, and they don't even have to say anything helpful. Um, I, I I was on a tour recently with a, it was an arena tour. I was opening for Louis CK. Oh, you're opening for Louis CK. Yeah. So that was like 6,000, 5,000 seats. Um, and I wasn't scared. I was, but I, I didn't want to fuck it up. You know, I didn't want to have to, to make a mistake and have to regret an, an opportunity. Um, and I would just made sure that I talked to my friends a lot before and after. Uh, 
I would, we would go out before I would do the shows um, to remind myself, like, okay, this is who you are, the the and these people love you even if you fuck up. So it's okay to take a risk with it. You're, they're still gonna, you're not gonna be all by yourself if you fuck this up. Yeah. So does that help? That totally helps. Okay. That's great. If I, uh, well, how did you end up doing the Louis C.K. thing? How did I end up doing? How, it? how did that happen? Did he um, come to you and he'd seen your comedy uh, and a friend? Well, I mean, a friend again recommended me, and he watched my clips and and hired me. Um, how I found out about it was I got an email one night that was like, hey, Louis C.K., I'm Louis C.K.'s assistant. He would like you to open for him starting uh, day after tomorrow. And I was like, what? Holy shit. Yeah, for, for a week. And uh, so I just had to basically like jump on a plane. And, and you did it. Did so it. What, what were the dates? When did that happen? Um, it was like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Oh my God. Three weeks ago. Um, it was Vancouver and Seattle. Was it a blast? It was. It was really fun. Yeah. It was great. Like, I watched his sets every night. Um, it was the same set. I mean, like, with some changes. But it was great every night. It was really fun to, to get to do it and see what it was like performing for that many people. Oh, my God. Well, listen. I'm landing this plane. Okay. I appreciate you being here, inspiring the girls who are listening. Because, Yeah. You're such a badass. Thank you. It was nice to meet you for the first time. Was you that, too. I, was, I was shy because it's like, I do feel like I'm asking a person out on a first date and coming from Aww. them. I'm sliding into your DMs on Twitter. I'm like, oh my God. Oh <laughs> that God. Was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Aristotle, thank you. Another another thing you've set up. Aristotle's always alerting me to like special people I should be talking to on the uh-huh. show. So thank you for being here. He's the best. He is the best. This one's dedicated to you, Aristotle. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now leaving nerdist.com.